Hello and welcome to Metrospective Gaiden. We haven't done one of these in a while. Yeah, the we podcast where we talk about everything it, it, that isn't Astro Boy and Monster <laughs> C. I'm Tooch. I'm Devin. Hi. For those unfamiliar, this is our uh, with the show proper. This is Metrospective. We haven't done one in a little while. So uh, yeah. if this is your first episode, this is uh, kind of our side... Our, it's Gaiden. It's our side series where we talk about things that are important to the mecha genre, stuff that we talk about, without being, you know, 100% mecha. So, like, stuff that's, like, similar, but we don't think quite makes the cut of being mecha, so... I was thinking in my head about things that are important to the genre of mecha, and I was like, are we just gonna talk about World War II at some point? Like, <laughs> are we just gonna become a history podcast? Special guest appearance by Dan Carlin of Hardcore oh History. Oh Oh. I wanted. I had an idea once. Yo, for, if like, anybody it, listening on Twitter has like a lot to has like is like knows of any cool fucking like g- gamer or like mecha like content people who would make a fun World War Two guest, fucking. Yeah, this uh, we haven't done an episode in quite a while. Yeah, I start. I've in the time that we've taken to come back, I've started HRT. Uh, good. Everyone, everyone, clap! Great. Damn it. <laughs> Uh, it took me a while to get through Yamato. It took you a bit longer, but you were also were dealing with a lot of stuff, and you're working more than I am. Yeah, I'm still working 40 hours a week, baby. But I gotta say, Yamato is not a show to binge. You know what? Yeah, no. I mean, like... Okay, I got to like a comfortable the... rhythm of watching, like, two episodes a day, and that was fucking so... Like, I gotta say, this show is comfy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I really. You know what I did last night? I, I, I did have to binge it, but it was still fine. Uh, I watched like the last five episodes like last night back to back. Honestly, that's um, the best part to binge. Yeah, it really is like a movie, uh, or I, it, it, it's gearing up to be a movie. And, well, and then other, we'll get into it. <laughs> we'll get into it. So, uh, for those who um, can't read the episode they just clicked, we're talking about the 1974 cultural phenomenon space battleship Yamato. Uh-huh. Uh, which has... We're talking about the entire show. Uh, no, we're not breaking this into parts because we didn't think we could fill two whole parts. If this episode goes incredibly long, I might break it into two, but I might not. Uh, yeah. Um, what I was going to say, though, about me watching the finale was that I was watching it while I was in a Discord call with a friend, uh, Rat, who who GMs my, my mecha tabletop game that I play with with uh, her and some other friends. Is she gonna really watch awesome. Yamato now? Because I know she's watching Votoms, right? Yes, that's the thing. Uh, she, she was watching Votoms while I was watching Yamato, and we would just every now and again mention what was going on on screen Good. <laughs> to each other. It was really fun and wholesome. That... She sung She sung the theme song. She like she like learned all the words to the theme song as she's been watching it. Oh, because like... the Votoms opening is fucking sick. Yes, I was like just being, singing, being serenaded by my fucking GM. I know. I think I know all the lyrics to the Yamato opening. It's an easy one. I I unfortunately did have to skip it sometimes because I it, it was just it just was too efficient. Like they take five minutes to do an intro and a recap. Yeah. So while this is not like like I'm gonna say this anime probably is the most important anime of all time. 
It's pro yes, like regardless of it, it really is one of those works where it's like you know, like when some shithead kid is sitting there in English class, like I don't like this story. Why do we have to fucking talk about it? It's like it's because what what whether or not we like it is not what we are discussing. Like we are discussing why it fucking matters to everything you'll everything else you'll ever read that you do like. <laughs> like there was there's a lot of anime that came before this. We've even done a show that came before this. We did Cutie Honey. We've talked about. Mazinger Z and stuff that came before this, but the foundational bedrock for modern Japanese science fiction is fucking Battleship Yamato. Yes, and not and, so, and you know you you could always like you could always like try to like follow the breadcrumb trail and go further back in history when trying to prove what, what something is the quote unquote source of. So I'm I'm just saying it right now. Like yeah, this show like some the, the staff of this show likes Star Trek. Uh, <laughs> this I would say. This show is as influential as Star Trek is. Yes, at the very least, like I, I described it, I caught onto that very early on. It's, it's not ripping off Star, Star Trek in so much. It's in conversation with Star Trek. This is the Star Trek of the country that lost the war. It's, it's Star Trek with stakes. Where yes, the, there is no stakes on the on the Enterprise. The Enterprise is just they're on their their fucking it's a three or five year mission. They're they're just going out there looking for shit. They're explorers. They don't have their their there's no stakes really. With the Yamato, they got a strict deadline, they got a fucking objective. It's very easy to envision a utopia when you did not get two bombs dropped on you. When you were the only country in the world to ever have been had the bomb dropped on you. Uh and and you know you might be asking you might be asking, uh Tooch, are you just doing that thing that you do with capitalism where you're blaming everything on World War II? Yes, but um, this is obviously, well, not obviously, maybe you don't know anything about boats. Uh, th this, a lot more than everything else that we talk about, even though almost everything we talk about so far has some direct link to World War II, uh, almost like it was important to that country. Almost like World um, War II shaped the modern world. Almost like, yeah, almost like the entire world was at war for the second time. Anyway, um, I'm getting, I'm about to forget what I was talking about. <laughs> the reason World War II is especially important to this show is because the titular space battleship Yamato is designed after, and in this story at least, literally is, in this continuity, um, the World War II battleship Yamato, which is like a very infamous type of ship uh, in popular culture. It, it was the large. I think it still is the largest battleship ever made. So much so that it didn't quite function well. But yeah, it was. Did, was like, it, I, I was trying to. I was trying to remember this today, and I never had a chance to look it up. Did it never see combat, or did it just immediately it, sink in combat? It it saw combat. I think at least the show says it did. Hmm. Because I just remember. I just remember that aspect of it. Like it was this infamous ship, and then it had a very short lifespan. Because it was towards the end of the war, I think it had fought. It had a, like in a big decisive defeat, but because of its like, it, it became like a cultural phenomenon. It was like it's a cultural symbol. Mm -hmm. Even even after the war, it kind of uh, was a symbol of just like of I think just Japanese tenacity and endurance that you know the the Japanese people, not necessarily like you know the Japanese Empire that we fought. I just mean like the people oh, okay. that it, occupied it launched, this country. It launched in 1940, and apparently it it, it sank in 45. Okay, so that five years. I mean, that that's pretty much. Yeah. The I don't know the breadth. lifespan of most battleships. That's the breadth of pretty much the entire Pacific War. Like uh, most of it, at least. But so you know, that's. 
we're we're also not experts on World War II. I'm a bit of a history buff, but I'm far from you know. I'm not I'm not Dan Carlin over here. I at least you know I I trust like I know even less than you, but I one I trust I trust you to one like when you say something confidently, I trust that that means you actually like n- know it more than just oh I think I heard that somewhere. You know, so I, I trust you were you aren't gonna just start, I just like, say I'm just gonna say some if, bullshit if I, you don't know. if I mention anything about World War Two Japan, just don't cite me as a source because I'm not an expert. Yeah, and also like like fucking if there's any kind of numbers that get thrown around, if if the if the thing you care about the most in history is statistics of 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 things, like go then away, I don't want to talk to you are, about history. <laughs> you are listening to the wrong podcast. Yeah. Um. But the Yamato itself, even today, is kind of like a is like a cultural symbol, which is I so I guess we can get into the development of the show and like what mm-hmm. it um, so Yoshinobu Nishizaki and Leiji Matsumoto are the two creative forces behind this. Nishizaki mm-hmm. came from um, he left Tezuka's Mushi Productions in the early seventies mm-hmm. and started his own company. Which actually had, and that company's first show was Triton of the Sea, which was also Tomino's directorial debut. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, Tomino also did a storyboards for a single episode of Yamato, while in, in which I think he was doing while he was directing Riding in 1974. Neat. So, uh, Nishizaki is, was, uh, had this idea where he really wanted to create a science fiction show. And I think the earliest bits of it, it was going to be Tokusatsu. Which makes me think that would make it even more just Japanese Star Trek if this was live action. That would have been so... Because if you, if you really fucking think about the set design and staging and how much, like, how much outlandish sci-fi shit, like, you could easily just do a low-budget Japanese sci-fi show. It would just end up looking like fucking Doctor Who or Star Trek the original series. Or, like, show a comic with ass. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Can you imagine how many dudes in blue face there would be and how awesome that would be? That'd be so fun. Oh, they would be so shiny. They would do it so they would do such a bad job. <laughs> so Just fucking Dessler with his wig. There's there's probably like there's probably like dollops of like some a little bit of blue stuck in the wig because they put the wig on before painting the face. Oh my god, yeah. It would be so bad. <laughs> that my friend has got really into uh he watched the first three ultra shows and uh, said his favorite thing about Showa era, like, or especially, like, even, like, or before, you know, even Kamen Rider was revolutionary to, to like, you know, the toku genre, because Ultraman oh, sure. is fucking, like, it's kind of rough. Like, he said that, like, the thing that Kamen Rider really brought was, like, actual martial arts and fight choreography, where, like, the fights in Ultraman are people awkwardly shoving each other. The, the, the fights in Ultraman are, like, when, when a dad fights his eight-year-old son. Yes, and like, like let's ride, like let's wrestle, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas Common Rider actually took like a little more effort. Like, okay, let's 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 throw some karate in here. Let's do. Hey, do a fl- hey. Can you do a flip? <laughs> uh, do a flip. Hey, and just, <laughs> we'll just point the camera up at you on the ground, and it'll look like you're eight feet in the air. It'll be great. So uh, Nishizaki- we rented this quarry out for the day. We gotta shoot. <laughs> so Nishizaki uh, had a couple ideas for the show, and. Uh, he was inspired by a novel called Methuselah's Children, which I've never, I don't know anything about. But uh, just to, once again, cite my sources, all the information I'm getting from here is from the website Our Star Blazers, which is a uh, Star Blazers Yamato fan site. For those who don't know what Star Blazers is, Star Blazers was the 1979 localization for Western audiences of Yamato, which I'll get into a bit later. 
And so, originally the show was going to be tokusatsu, but they decided to make it anime. It was going to be called Asteroid Number 9. It had a similar plot, but instead, uh, but it, the main ship would have been a, like, a ship that was disguised as an asteroid, which is how they escaped Earth, I think. So it looked mm. like a submarine that was covered in asteroids. Oh. And it was going to be called Asteroid Number 9. The rough mm. hue of, like, you know, humanity trying to save Earth with, like, they're the last ship and they have to save a doomed Earth is still there. They're being, you know, hunted by fascist aliens. That's all the same. But, uh, he brought in Leiji, who's actually somewhat famous at the time already, uh, brought in Leiji Matsumoto, who, you know, famous for Harlock and this and, uh, Galaxy Express. Galaxy Express. I think back then, that's, uh... He was mostly known for manga, though, at this point. He was only known for yeah. manga. And so he... He used the character the character Harlock before, but original. So he he reconceptualized the cast, and pretty much every like detail, because Nishizaki had the had the premise, but pretty much every detail, all the characters who they were and the fight that was all Matsumoto. Hmm. Matsumoto's the one who wanted it to specifically be the Yamato. He wanted the cast to be Japanese because he thought that that would resonate more with a Japanese audience instead of having an an, uh, an international cast, which was the original mm-hmm. idea. Uh, oh, quick aside. Methuselah's Children is a science fiction novel published by the author of Starship Troopers, which he wrote the year after that. Neat. Hope so that one that isn't guy. fascist propaganda. <laughs> well, I get... Hey, maybe it wasn't that much of an aside. Continue. <laughs> Well, that's why Verhoeven complete. Well, a lot of people who are fans of the novel don't like Verhoeven's version because Verhoeven's version is essentially like a sneering parody of the novel. Yeah, that's why. That's why the movie's good. That's why Paul Verhoeven's the best. <laughs> Except we don't talk about showgirls. <laughs> he doesn't talk about showgirls. But uh, anyway, so uh, Harl the the so there was a forty-five page like a full color draft book that he that Matsumoto created. And it pretty much resembles what we what we got in the show now, except that Harlock was going to be a member of the cast. Which, that would have whipped ass. Which would have whipped ass. But he, eventually they dropped Harlock, and it was planned for 39 episodes, but only got 26. Uh, that tracks. I, I felt it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, they only got 26 because of uh, people... So... Uh, the Matsumo, like if you look at the original character, like all this stuff is on ourstarblazers.com. They, you can, I once again highly recommend you guys check out that site if you're interested in any of this. They have, they're going to give you way more information than I than I can on this that I can retain in my mind. Everybody loves to think they're a dedicated fan base. Starblazers fan base fucking knocks you out of the fucking park. Like I, me as a homestuck, I feel fucking outdone. These guys, yeah, like. So many translated interviews, so much... They even translated the fucking novelization of Yamato, which I totally want to do on this show at some point. Yo, I'll do that. That sounds dope. Book club. Yeah. So, uh, moving forward, the show goes into production, and, uh... And that's pretty much... That's pretty much the... Not really the end of it, but it... it, The development of the show was brutal. Like, the schedule and the deadlines that these guys... Like, apparently, that scene... In episode ten, where Doctor Sato, when everyone, episode ten is the episode where they're all talking to their family right before they leave or they leave the galactic system. Uh huh. Apparently, the scene where Sato is like is talking to his cat was Matsumoto. Okay, apparently Matsumoto was not home enough, and his cat died of malnutrition. Oh my 
God. Because Matsumoto could not leave the studio because of how much work he had to do. So he, like, lived at the studio for months and came back to find his cat dead and malnourished. Fuck. And so apparently him talking to... Uh, so apparently, like, the line Rosado yells, like, farewell! I think his cat's name was Mikun or something like that. So then that was Matsumoto saying goodbye to his cat that he accidentally starved. Oh, that's awful. But that's... Yeah, it's... Br- so... Just reading about that, it was like, it was brutal working on this show. But it, it initially wasn't too popular, like Star Trek and later Gundam. Mm-hmm. But it this managed to, like... I, the one thing that really, really highlighted... The, the thing that I got the most out of was an interview with Hideaki Anno, who, uh, you know, we love and talk about all the time. For those who don't know, he's director of Neon Genesis Evangelion. And many other things. Gunbuster, which we did on this show. Yeah, and uh, we want to do. We want to. We're, we're going to be going. We're going to be doing Anno November, so don't worry about that. <laughs> but uh, we're, so we'll get deeper into Anno. But Anno is probably the biggest Yamato fan in the world. Where so he was approached to direct the remake and didn't. He directed the opening for it, but he didn't direct direct the uh, the show itself because he said he could. He felt he couldn't do it justice. Yamato to him, he said, was the first real anime. He said that people didn't really use the term anime until Yamato. Where he said people called it TV manga. Oh, that's fun. Because that's pretty much just what it was. It was just manga adapted for television, whereas Yamato was like, an, was like a new original concept. And I'm sure there was anime that you know di- didn't come from manga, but it was like... This was kind of like the anime started becoming what we know as anime. Mm-hmm. Where he said that it was a show that, like, your parents wouldn't feel, like, childish for watching with you. Oh, for sure. He That's said... Th- th- this, this really felt like... That was one of my first things about the show. It was like, okay, like, this is the first old anime I've watched that is not exclusively a children's commercial. There's definitely toys for them to buy, but this is not the only thing going on. Apparently, you know how they use that shot all the time of the Yamato, like, coming towards the camera and it looks really yeah. big in the front? Apparently, because that is the most recognizable image of the Yamato, it really was difficult for people to make a 3D model of it. Wow. Without making the front look too big. Oh my god, because that's the one everyone... Oh my god, you're so right. Now that I think about it, that's always how it's angled. Because that's... Because, um, apparently they use that... They reuse that, the, those cells all the time. Where they had, they hired, because the show had a pretty modest budget, for the a lot of the shots of the Yamato that they reused, that's where they spent, like, all their money, because they wanted to use those shots a lot. Of just, oh, like, God. exteriors they're... of the Yamato panning and shit. It's, it's in, there's a lot of, there's a lot of neat information about the show on the site. I, I will, I will say that, like, you can, like, b- because, because the, the production was so fraud and the budget was so tight... Whenever good animation did happen, you could tell it was because like we we want to make this scene look good. The apparently the uh, there's there's a famous story. The episode uh, twenty two, I think it was the one where they finally had their final battle against um, Domel, the battle yeah, of the yeah, Rainbow yeah. Galaxy, the one that the, the, the which apparently is everyone's favorite episode of the show because it's the most uh. dramatic. It feels like a Gundam episode. That one. It does. feels like a Gundam episode. It it also felt like I mean maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves, but like. It for it, it it felt like the beginning of a finale that didn't happen. Yeah, we'll get we'll get into that when we start going through the episodes. Uh, yeah, but like that episode though, when they were making it, 
apparently the reason they didn't have the opening on that one and they just tacked on like a last time on Yamato because that was technically a two-parter yeah they had the, the that was because they did they didn't have time to cut it down and edit it to the tv size so they just cut the opening because they were like we they spent so much time on the animation Mm-hmm. i do not envy any of the people who worked on this show yeah, uh, Yoshikazu Yoshikazu Yasuhiko was the lead storyboard guy. You should remember that name because he was the character designer for Gundam, and yeah. uh, did, he was the creator of the Gundam the Origin manga. He also was a character designer for Zeta Unicorn and a couple and uh, a couple other Gundam things. He was the lead anime. He was the lead storyboarder for Gundam too. And there's that story that uh, that apparently Tom Asnable says is false, where uh, all the off-model Gundam stuff in the middle of the show is because he was sick. Oh. But Tom Asnable apparently debunked that. Okay, I trust Tom. And so... Good Twitter follow. Uh, I'd say at this point, we're going to start getting into the show proper. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I highly... I'm just going to put it right up front. If you're going to listen to this without watching the show... Okay, I just want to have a disclaimer here. If you do, <laughs> then... If you then... If, if you add a... Because I'll do this. When, when Dis- the, um, hey, Disclaimer. Not, I'm not your mom. <laughs> I'm not your mom. I'm not your dad. I'm definitely not your dad. And so the what I want to say is I do this thing a lot when I listen to like a review or a podcast where they'll give me a spoiler warning, but I'll listen a little bit past that, and then it's, if it starts getting interesting, I'll stop and then be like, okay, now I need to play it. I don't want to mm-hmm. hear anything else. So if you get to that point, it's some. And you're gonna keep listening. See, I do the thing. I just do the thing where I'm like, fuck, I shouldn't listen to that. So like. <laughs> If you're going to listen to, like, a little more of this to try to hear what the show is all like, I'm going to say right up front, we are simultaneously going to radically oversell and undersell this show. Oh, for sure. That's, yeah, mm-hmm. That's, that, that's the roller coaster that is Space Battleship Yamato. We are going to undersell and oversell it. <laughs> so, I... I think we do that a lot for, like, <laughs> real good... I think we did that with Ideon. We, yeah... Votoms deserved everything. Please watch Armor Trooper Votoms. Please watch Armor Trooper Votoms. Just please. I wonder if, if Ryosuke Takahashi worked on this show. Maybe. I know. Uh, two? Yeah, maybe. So, they so, all seem to like be fucking buds. Every, everybody was just colleagues or the colleagues of colleagues. Like, at least the Sunrise yeah. team. At least all the guys who worked at Sunrise all were. were. Yeah. But, but especially early, especially back early then, it was literally like... like you you either like if you worked in animation back then it meant you spent a lot of time like fucking in, te- in Osama Tezuka's garage yeah in his bedroom Christ. yeah right just <laughs> chasing away editors looking for manga pages <laughs> beating them away with a broom <laughs> hiding Tezuka in your hiding Tezuka in your literally life. just <laughs> Tomino doing that scene from fucking Scott Pilgrim where an editor's like an editor knocks on the door he opens up the studio door a little bit it's like hey where are my pages like where's Tezuka oh he's not here fucking Tezuka leaping through the open fucking window right behind him <laughs> oh totally so uh we're gonna get into Yamato let's 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 start a bit with uh just kind of the look of this show because I have a, a as we've said before on this show 80s anime is like our jam that's like our that's like our that's just our jam like we like 90s and mod and aughts anime we like 70s anime 80s anime is like our jam though it's big i might i still like i would need to really do some thinking because there's stuff i love about every single era but 
I I like to say that I'm that I'm more like like mid to late 70s Showa just because in my opinion there aren't enough people banging drums about it. <laughs> so I like to bang my drum about it more than 80s stuff because everyone loves 80s. Like almost like a lot of people love a lot more people love 80s. A lot of anime. people love the aesthetics of 80s anime, but I have not met many people who actually watch 80s anime. That's honestly very true because they're all 50 episode mecha anime that no one remembers. <laughs> And they're all great. <laughs> but 70s anime has this, like, it, it's, there's something about it. It's very comfy. I felt, I felt similar to when I was watching Cutie Honey back, back in our first season. It's an experimental era because it's so, so new. This like, is first yes, generation anime. They're coming off the sensibilities, they're coming off the sensibilities of, like, manga design and and framing which honestly does lend itself well to adaptation in that case honestly because one of the things that Tezuka himself was heralded for when he modernized and like solidified the notion of what a manga looks like and how storytelling in a manga works he himself directly referenced cinematic framing of like shots and things like setting it up like you're boarding a movie he was one of the first people that was really on the front lines doing that shit manga before was a lot of like more newspapery comic book type shit, or just a lot more abstract, which is cool in its own way. I, I I wish today's manga had like more out there shit breaking the mold that Tezuka made. Um, but regardless, so it's like yeah, he because the only reason he drew manga is because he wanted to make cartoons, and so he literally just did nothing but draw manga until he died. But it was all to fund his eventual animation studio. Like he, so anime had in in a way, anime retro anime went back in time and invented manga. <laughs> Sort of, Which yeah. then invented anime. I don't know. I'm on some bullshit. Um, but back then, you know, you had Tezuka going off of, like, Disney shit. Like, he loved Donald Duck. That's why anime characters have big eyes. So, like, you have this almost, like, um, again, this, like, melding of, like, this loophole of things influencing things then going back and influencing each other of, like, uh, East and West artistic sensibilities before the 80s come through, that, like, solidifying a more, you know... A more like Japanese exclusive aesthetic that 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 was able to breed itself into reality once they had that you know that fucking sourdough starter of of Tezuka. Yeah, but I I, I that's the reason I like this era is because you get a lot more variety in like charactered silhouettes. Like it's it you you can see it plain as day when you look at the redesigns of everybody in Yamato in the rem in the in the remake. It's just like everything is shaved down and sculpted to anime perfection, and it looks worse. I, uh, I really, one thing I really, really like about this show is the aesthetic. Mm -hmm. I, I love the uniforms. I love the bell-bottom fucking uniforms they have. Oh, it's so good. It's so 70s TV sci-fi. It's so, it's honestly the so anchor Star Trek. that's, like, on their chest. <laughs> oh, my God, it's an anchor. I just thought, like, they have weird arrows on their shirt. Whatever, it looks cool. Like, I didn't even, I'm an idiot. I'm a dumb bitch. If you look at the original, <laughs> uh, concept art by uh, Matsumoto. Everyone's wearing blue, but I think it was Nishizaki's idea to switch it to white. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I, I do like the white. And, like, everyone has, like, they have, like, you know, if you're combat team, you're red. If you're engineering, you're orange. Science is blue. Uh, the black on yellow are the fighter pilots. They had a couple uh, others. Bumblebees. Green was like, was, like, navigation and, like, ship mm -hmm. things. The, the white, uh, the yellow on black is, like, for, like, I think communications and stuff like that. Something like that. Like It's not too clear-cut. 
it's not like Star Trek where you just have three. There's quite a few. Sometimes I'll see people with like uniforms that are like what what that's so, like so some guy runs around in like white on yellow and you're like what does that mean? I've never seen another guy with that uniform. <laughs> there's lots of animation flubs and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's I, and I don't great. blame the blame them because once again Matsumoto was sleeping in the studio to the point where his cat died. Yikes. That's <laughs> it's <laughs> anime's hard. Uh, yeah. Briefly, before we move further, further with Yamato, I need to bring up uh, Star Blazers. Which mm-hmm. we'll occa- I'll occasionally bring up Star Blazers, but uh, I watched a, a handful of episodes. Oh, good! Like, every now and then, I would watch an episode of Yamato, and then I'd watch... Not with every episode, but with, like, maybe, like, six or seven of them, I'd watch mm-hmm. its corresponding Star Blazers episode. Because oh. both were on YouTube. Nice. And, uh... Star Blazers it came out in 1979. Originally, it was going to be branded Star Force. Mm-hmm. There's a couple changes which I'll go into when we're going through the show. I'll be like, and this is what it was called, Star Blazers. So if you're a star, if you're like a 45 year old man and you like and you grew up watching Star Blazers, you'll know what we're talking about. Because uh, this came out, Star Blazers came out only five years after uh, Yamato ended airing, but it also had the second and third seasons of Yamato tacked onto it as well. Oh. So unlike a lot of shows that had a ton of time between them, its animation seemed pretty contemporary to, you know, the West. That's true, yeah, yeah, yeah. And unlike something like Voltron, even though, it, like, I feel, because yeah, this, Star Blazers is what started the trend of, like, Voltron and Robotech and, like, bringing over anime and heavily localizing it. Yeah. And Star Blazers, like, got rid of all the Japanese text. It gave everybody a Western name. It It changed a lot of things, but it kept... The core story, everything was pretty much the same. It was just censored. Okay, I can fuck. So with that. unlike something like Voltron or these other shows that are like that are like the Frankenstein, the Proto Four Kids dub, are the where this stayed a lot closer to the source material than I expected it to. Mm-hmm. Despite you know like any any time somebody dies on screen, they cut away before somebody is shown dying, or right. they'll like like any time something explodes, they'll cut away to they'll have like somebody off screen yelling. Everybody evacuate! Yeah. <laughs> or like how the, how they'd have it battle the planets, how they'd have the robot talking to you like, no one actually died here. <laughs> they were wow, all robots. God. Just like the fucking, like the, the line tacked on at the end of the G.I. Joe movie because Optimus Prime's death went so poorly. Duke's okay! <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much like that. <laughs> it, it, it's very much like that. So, um, I, I love... But the the aesthetics of this are, are perfect. It's the the Yamato itself, like it. There's something about just the stark, like kind of whitish gray and red that looks really cool as it's floating through space. Oh, it's so fucking. It's very good aesthetic. I love boats in space. It's fucking tight. I love airships. I love I love boats in naughty places. <laughs> boats where Ooh, they ain't supposed to be. You're not supposed to be there. Oh my goodness. <laughs> It's like the Drake meme. It's like just like a boat in the water, and you're like, nah. And then it's like nah. a boat in space, and you're like, yeah. No, mm, I, I might. So, uh, do you want to go through the characters? Because this show had a great cast. Oh, it's such a fun cast of good boys and and like two girls. Uh, <laughs> let's do it. So uh, let's let's go in order of appearance, where we start with uh, Captain Juzo Okita. Ooh, big and, grandpa. And from here on, just open spoilers, just from now on. Big Papa Smoke. Big Papa Smoke. Apparently Matsumoto based Okita off of his father. Aw, that's so... Oh, 
No wonder he's so like, like he's like a he's like oh this big tough mother he's like this tough motherfucker. But like even when they make tough characters soft, it's usually not. This is the subtlest like oh what a kindly but stern grandpa figure he's, that I've ever fucking seen in a show like, with a fucking horny robot. <laughs> we'll get to we'll get to analyzer. His name was uh, Captain Avatar in the um, Star Blazers dub. Neat. But uh, otherwise, his role is exactly the same. Uh, I I liked it. I like he's essentially the prototypical starship captain in all of anime going forward. It it mm-hmm. made me think of like the captain from um, from Gunbuster was essentially just an XP of him, or Captain Global or Captain well Global was his name in in uh, Robotech, but it's, or I don't remember if it was Global or Global in Macross or Robotech. It's one or the other. But the guy the the Macross captain, right? He has a really big hat. I love, speaking of hats, speaking of hats, uh, we don't. I don't know what uh, Okita looks like without one because he's always wearing it, even he when he's in surgery or in space. Yes, he's always wearing it. Um, or uh, Captain General Revel from uh, from 0079 looks a lot like him too. Mm-hmm. He he's very he's a very prototypical character. He's an archetypical character at this point. But I, I but I love him. He's who Bright so really was trying to be but failing at because Bright was just 19 and only a grad student. Bright is totally the motherfucker. Like, this is who Bright wanted to grow up into. This is who Bright had to pretend he was. Oh, that's mean. You made it sad. Oh, <laughs> well, because well, Bright had a tough job. I he feel like did. Bright eventually that's got yeah. there, but, like, Bright's more hot-headed than, than Okita, though. You know what would be the most realistic for Hathaway's Flash if Bright's just fucking bald from years of stress? Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, uh, Okita's, Okita's great. He's, he is the father of the, of the Amato. He, he's, he, you get, uh, anytime he talks about the earth, it's like, tear, it's like heart-wrenching. It's tear, it's tear, it's a tearjerker. I love it. He, his arc is like the arc of the series. It is the arc of the Yamato. It is, it, he, he is this show. In like a non, you know, like and not not even in a oh he's the most popular character way, but like he's like or or like oh he's like the he's the character everyone loves. Like no, like just he is the Yamato. His his themes are the show's themes. He is a surrogate. He is a surrogate not for the audience but for the show. He is the personification of the the series Space Battleship Yamato. And it's beautiful. And his, and about halfway through when his role starts getting a little more diminished because of his health. Mm-hmm. His relationship with Kodai also really like his arc lines up perfectly with Kodai's arc. Mm-hmm. It's like I was I was I was blown away at how perfect that that like like this show I wouldn't call the show perfect but I would definitely say that part of the show was perfect. Oh yeah 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 there, there's perfection in this show this show has and that's all you can ever expect from every from things nothing's perfect um, but it's. It's just good, like the the I, like the my my favorite moment. And that's when I knew it was like solidified. Like, oh, this is good. Is when like, I think it was during that episode where they call everybody from home and Kodai uh, Okita invites Kodai to his office and they just sit on the floor and drink and just hang out. Yeah, where they're like, he's like Kodai, say goodbye, say goodbye, like Saraba. <laughs> it's or, like, so fucking good. Him and Kodai have a great, great relationship. I it love really, it. it really, it really does have the same energy of like if it's like a, if it's like a like a like a family reunion or a holiday or something where you're just spending an extended amount of time with like family you don't normally hang out with. 
and you just like you just end up having like a really out of nowhere like good conversation with like an older relative and you're like fuck man like th- this was a n- this was a nice moment unlike most other shit with my family so next up let's talk about Kodai who also hit Susumu Kodai who was named after uh, Matsumoto's brother oh wow uh he also I think is the namesake for one of my favorite characters in the silver case whose name is Sumio Kodai oh wow Kodai is voiced by uh, Kei Tomiyama, who is pretty much Seiyu royalty. He he was he was in you know Tetsujin Twenty Eight. He was in fucking Astro Boy. He was in he he was in you know Golden Bat. He was he was he was Tiger Mask. He was Ashita, He was Joe Yabuki and Ashita no Joe. He was in fucking Gachaman. He was in Mazinger Z. He was he 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 was Duke Fleet in Grendizer. Oh, good, good for him. He he was been in like everything throughout he died in the early 2000s he died in no in the in the late 90s and uh his most famous my favorite role of his is uh yang wenli in legend of the galactic heroes oh nice where he it's funny because i i feel very much like yang is who like kodai would like event like if i haven't seen past original yamato so i don't know where kodai's art continues to go because Tomiyama voices Kodai in all of his appearances up until the remakes. Of course. But, uh, I feel like where Kodai probably ends up is, like, very close to somewhere where Yang is. Hmm. And we'll do Galactic Heroes on this eventually, and I feel like you watching Galactic Heroes after Yamato would make you be like, oh, it's Kodai, I'm proud of him. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. That sounds like something I would do. So, uh, Kodai is very, very mad at the beginning for because of his brother. Like, that was that was the thing I like early on, is he doesn't trust Okita. Mm-hmm. He's like, because uh, in the first episode, they're fighting, like, the, pretty much the final battle of the Earth Navy against, uh, the, Gam- the Gamalusians, who are the mm-hmm. Gamelons in, uh, in Star Blazers. Also, oh, okay. They were that's called, not a, you know, that's, that's close. They were oh, the Gamelons. Good. And, uh... Susumu Kodai was Derek Wildstar. Nice! You know what? Props. That's that's a sick name. And his brother was Alex Wildstar instead of Mamoru Kodai. I love normal... I love, like, I love when one of the names of a person's multi-name name is, like, a full name is, like, one or two names are, like, utterly normal, and there's a Buck Wild fucking other name attached. That's so great. Like, uh... God, I love it. <laughs> so, um... He... But, uh, so Mamoru Kodai seemingly dies in the first opening battle. And Okita's trying to tell him, like, no, come back with us. And he's like, nah, I can't suffer the humiliation of, like, running away at our final battle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, apparently in Star, in Star Blazers, he says, like, your ship has more people on it than mine, so, like, I'm, you, you go. Which makes wow. it- Wow. Which makes it a little more noble. It makes it a little more noble, but it also, like, it's, it's- I, I think that's part of it, though. Like, no, like, like uh, it it immediately established Okita as somebody who is not, who does not take combat as something for, like, your fucking toxic masculinity ego to, like, be yeah. a fucking big, tough warrior and, like, dot to, like, fucking, like, there is, like, Okita is, like, there is no nobility in death. It is always better to live if you can live. And, but Mamoru just... Mamoru just doesn't <laughs> doesn't listen. When, uh, so when he gets back, Kodai is greeted by Okita. He's like, "Where's my brother?" And, and 
okay, like personally feels responsible for his death. Like I wasn't able to convince him to you know stop being a tool. Huh. And but Kodai takes that as you weren't you weren't like skilled or s- strong enough to protect my brother. Yeah. But at this point in the show, Kodai's kind of just like an angry, hot-headed idiot. Yeah, he's he's a kid. And uh, but that and so his his maturation through the show, becoming eventually the captain of the Yamato at the end is it, it comes to completion. He like especially like I love that moment when they at uh, in like the second or third to last episode when he's like after they've de- defeated the Gamalusians and he's just w- looking at all the corpses and he's just like, why did we have to do this? Like, this was so pointless. Like, this, <sighs> like war has no meaning. I hate this. <laughs> that, yeah, it- th- this is this is another one. I mean, like, uh, hmm. I guess this is, this is there, there is a good reason to not have robots. The, the best way to avoid wow, cool robot is to simply not have them. Because uh, <laughs> this show, this show, like, it, it helps that it's not two armies. It's literally just like a boat against a army. It and made so me think it, of the solo ship and the white base because even though the white base was part of an army, it was still a ship stranded in enemy territory for most of the show. Yeah, totally. Like that's. I mean, that's the only way to justify it, right? You make their actions not reflective of the shitty military they work for but of their own individual survival as a as a community in this in in this fucking apartment building flying through space with guns like or you can say like say that for like the argama and zeta double zeta where they're real they're not they're sure they're like a paramilitary organization but they're not affiliated with any government they're 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 like they're they're rebel they're a they're a rebel terrorist cell yeah I call that is inha- that is in- that is I'm on their side. Yeah, that, that is so inherently different from like an or like a like a funded military related to like a country or a planet. It like the Albion feels very from like 83 is something very different. They're like, "Oh, we're we're a commissioned federation vessel." Yeah. <laughs> no fun on this ship. <laughs> and then proceeds to have nothing but fun. Um but the so uh, his his relationship with Daisuke Shima too. Uh, I love I loved their like anytime they had like their rivalry where it's like I can't be beaten by Shima, but then like when Shima does well, he's like I'm proud of you, man. <laughs> they have they have the quintessential like anime bromance. It's great. Yeah, the it's there, there's a lot of like there there's there there is a lot of like male camaraderie depicted like that's an important ongoing thing in in this show like it's like the that's one of the ways that's one of the ways that they uh try to salvage the drunken doctor in the second half of this show is it's like he kind of stops going up to shenanigans i will say that like they get rid of the shenanigans pretty fucking early um we'll get into the analyzer episode we will uh boy howdy so a uh, lot, sh- um, but 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 uh, what I was gonna say is, um, they the the doctor goes from just kind of being like a drunk idiot joke to being one of the strangely like stronger masculine figures. Like he is like a pillar when everyone else is panicking. He's one of the people. He is with Okita the most when he's like on death's door and like having serious conversations with him, like man to man. Like they are very much peers in each other's eyes. I like. Um, I always like that. Where Sado, like Sado's. Like wacky shenanigans, definitely like. I I I at least chuckled at that. Whereas anything Analyzer did just made me want to like reach into the show and remove him. Yeah, 
cut, like yeah. cut him out of continuity Doom Patrol style. I really was worried it was gonna be a fucking Bungie and his stupid robot type thing, because, like, as much as I hate on Bungie, he was always there with his stupid, red, ugly robot that he built out of garbage and piss. Um, so it's just the, Boss the t- Borat, but not as funny. Yeah, it, it was the two of them, and fucking, for some reason, Musashi's tiny judo schoolmate, the, the, it, was the, it was always the three of them. Um, just fucking yucking it up like fucking Oh, Vulcan so 100% skull. it's just Boss, because Boss had Nuke and Mucha. Yeah, 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 for sure. Oh, he's 100% <laughs> it's a Boss knockoff. Fuck Bungie. Uh, thank you. I'd love to hear it from other people. <clears throat> so. uh, I'll, I'll, I'll pay Iron Sheik to yell, fuck you, Bungie, you're a jabroni. <laughs> so we have Shima, mm-hmm. who seems at, like to be the more cool-headed of the, of the duo, of the two, you know, main dudes. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name was Venture in the uh, Star Blazers dub. Nice. I wonder if that's where they got the name for the Venture Brothers. Maybe. Like a Star I, Blazers I would. Lo- I would cut. love a fucking Yamato. I would love a fucking Star Blazers reference in fucking Venture Brothers. I've been wanting to rewatch that recently. Venture Brothers definitely holds up. I love Venture I, Brothers. I, me, me, and me and my wife like fucking fell in love with each other all over again because we both remembered how funny the bit was where Monarch is in jail and scaring kids straight and trades Dean Venture for a cigarette and realizes this Dean Venture and goes, Wait, you're fucking Dean Venture! <laughs> I love King that. Gorilla, I need, I need my bitch back. Here, here's your <laughs> cigarette. Fuck you, give me a dollar. <laughs> like, it's... immediately without missing a beat, fuck you, give me a dollar. <laughs> the, the reason that show is so good is because it's the same two weirdos who made that have been making that show since. It's the same two guys. Oh, they're just two guys making Venture Brothers, and it's real good. Uh, it, so, I'm sorry. While we're on this, while we're on this tangent of talking about t- hysterical bullshit, while we've been recording this, uh, I made this after I said Big Papa Smoke. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tooch, she just sent uh, to let the viewers at home know. Tooch, she just sent me a picture of a very, very, very hairy man with a giant stogie in his mouth, but photoshopped. Uh, but she photoshopped. Uh, Okida's hat onto him. It's Big Papa Smoke. When he said that, I was thinking of Big Smoke from fucking, like, San Andreas. Because he oh, became a nah. meme, too. I'm talking about this hairy grandpa, who does, like, earnestly, like, that's just exactly what Okita's beard looks like. It is. It is. I, I don't think Okita's that hairy. But he's Wait, Japanese, hey, and the Japanese are very hairy, so... But uh, you, can, Shima, you, you, you can pick which bits of those to keep. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, what do you think of Shima? Um, honestly, a lot of the supporting cast kind of blended in with each other. Uh, he was green. There's the green. There's the green guy and the blue guy. <laughs> the green guy is Shima. He was the guy who drives green the Amato. He like he did the he was yes yes the yes yes. Engine. I'm remembering him now. He's a very good boy. He's he's Kodai's best friend. He is. They, uh, they, so, they, they, they actually, they fight for real. Yeah, sometimes. like, they, they fight, that, that, like, I feel like you can't be best friends with somebody until you've, like, been legitimately in a fight with them. Yeah, right, it's, it's, it's a very, like, it's another, it's another, it's another show of, like, this, this is a very, like, pro-masculine show, not necessarily in a toxic way, but in a very, like, oh, these, like, in a very boys being boys way, um, which in itself is rooted in, is in, in bad shit, but, like, it's cute. 
it's 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 cute the way these 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 two young men are sometimes just gotta like it was over like a shogi game or some shit and to be fair they were like stuck in the amato no progress was being made for like 30 something days and everyone's getting fucking stir crazy it was so good that was it was that that's one of my that's one of the top tier episodes that um, is one of the good ones one um, of the really good ones because the, the 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 ones that don't hit, I feel like they miss especially hard, just because a lot of this episode's structure is this weird two act vignette <laughs> thing that they do sometimes, where it's like another one of my favorite episodes was a hundred percent this of just when they when they get a POW. Yeah, that was a good one. It's literally just them realizing that the because like the the point of that episode happens up front. Like, the point of the episode is Act 1. Act 1, the point of the episode, like, they're all fucking waiting to, like, see what the... What, uh, gala... What do we The Gamalusion. Gamalusions look like. And they're just blue people. And everybody is... Everybody gets so mad that they're just humans. They're like, oh, man, we can't... They literally all, like, fuck, we can't hate that. It's just us, dog. Shit. Like, it's so good. The way so many of them are, like... Ah oh, damn! Like I, we have to. Re- they all immediately start introspecting in a way that human beings don't. Yeah, and it was we'll so g- nice to see. We'll get to that episode in a bit more detail when we cover the plot. But but yeah, but like but what I mean is about the vignette is after that and after Kodai almost stabs him and we get a flashback of Kodai, which we'll probably get into. Uh, we he just leaves. They give him some food and they let him go. There's no third act really, and I was like, wow, they. Yeah, what more needs to be said? They yeah. do that a lot in the show, and it's 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 different. It's really different and interesting. It, it is. I once again watch the show. At least watch some of it. It like just so you can get a feel for it. The first three Honestly, episodes are th- fun. This, yeah, this is one of those things where it's like you. I could I could easily tell you the bangers, and you could go knock them out in a day. <laughs> yeah, you could like you, once again like once again we can get we'll get into we'll get into which ones we recommend like maybe at the end we'll have the 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 two abridged list if you don't want to commit to watching all 26 episodes which i do recommend you do anyway i recommend i recommend you do honestly i think there would only be like a couple that are skippable so why bother like that's like it's not it's so it's so short and like it it does like it's very slow but doesn't feel it in a weird way where it's just like it's really it's really like it makes me think cuz like this like, Evangelion was a stew created from three main ingredients, which were Ideon, mm-hmm. Ultraman, and Yamato. Mm-hmm. Where you have the Monster of the Week, the Week stuff, and, like, from, you know, and the weird editing from Ultraman. You have the, like, precise military operations where, like, here's the plan, here's what we do with the plan, here's crazy amounts of detail about the minutia of the plan. And then you get the introspection and character stuff and, like, grimness from Ideon. Yeah, like, once, like... Once everybody knows what they're doing, then they just fucking go do it. And like, what's more, what's more interesting is the shit happening around them doing the thing. Yeah, it's 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 a great show. With not a lot, a lot to say about Chima, we can just go through some of the other guys, like Sanada. Uh, I guess I'm just more trying to like, I I do, you know, th- this is a short series, but I think like they everybody gets their their episode or two, and Shima Shima is, Shima does get a couple good episodes, like some really good episodes. He does. He has, like, his family back on Earth who he's always really worried about, his little kid brother. Yeah. We got Sonata, who, uh, who actually had one of my favorite episodes, was the Sonata episode. Which one was that again? He's the blue guy. With the no, with no eyebrows. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fucking Kai's uncle. 
You mean Mamoru Kodai's ex-boyfriend? <laughs> That's what you Absolutely. said. That made me laugh my ass off because I knew exactly what episode you were talking about because I think that one's my favorite. Fuck, what episode was I talking about? That was the one where him and Kodai go on their cool secret mission. Oh, shit, yeah. Wait, was he the character uh, with no limbs? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. We'll get into that episode a little later, but he, I... So yes, I that was one of my favorites. One. I just remembered. That episode came flashing back to me all of a sudden. I was trying... I was like, I know there's an episode I'm fucking I think that's my favorite one. Episodes. That, yes, honestly, yes. That's my one of my favorite ones. The, it, this show is very Star Trek, and not to say that in a bad way. Even if you're not... A, I'm not the biggest Star Trek guy, so even if you're not a fan of Star Trek, you can still, like... It, it's episodic, but it has way more purpose in its, in its narrative. Because there is, like... Um, once again, they always tell you, like, how many days are left before the Earth is destroyed. Yeah, yeah, and and that really gives you a sense of just, like, how how much empty space there is to work with, no pun intended. Like, like there's only 26 episodes, but they, they, they were there doing shit for, like, however many fucking days, like, like, 100, 200 days or however long it took them to get to Iskandar. And then the trip back is just cut immediately, like, we don't see any fucking thing. Uh, so that, but that meant nothing was happening. So imagine all of that shit. Imagine doing fucking nothing on a boat for months, and then you almost die, and then you do it again a few months later. <laughs> oh, I just remembered a small detail. Mm-hmm. Matsumoto was also making the Yamato manga alongside all of his duties on the anime. Ooh, is the, how different is the manga? It's a, it's more like an, uh, I do know for a fact that Harlock does show up in the manga. Oh, that's true. You're right. Harlock wasn't in this one, and uh, it, it follows like it's like it's it, it's like an abridged, slightly different adaptation because it was coming out simultaneously with the show. Sure. Like all the same, like it hits a lot of the same beats. We'll we'll cover it at some point. I would love to. It's it's translated. It's it's translated in hardback. Yeah. In, in English. It's very same... nice looking hardback. It is. It is. I want to get the it's Harlock the same, ones too. It's the same publisher. What? A Seven Seas. Yeah, they did the Devil Man and Cutie Honey. Uh... Seven Seas. Seven Seas is doing a lot for classic manga, and I, I fucking every every survey, I t they say, "What do you want?" I tell them, I tell them, Getter Saga. I tell them, do it. You're doing, it. You're doing it. I'm at the point where I'm about to import it in Japanese to help with my uh, my Japanese learning. Oh, that'd be fun. Because apparently it has furikana. It has all of them have furikana. Hmm. So that's because I have my uh, my RTK remembering the kanji coming in the mail soon. Nice. I, I just, my friends who've been doing immersion stuff for all of quarantine, where they've been not reading anything that isn't Japanese, not listening to anything that isn't Japanese, they're now Yo, at the point... Yo, fucking... Well, because that's how you Sensory brain... deprivation weeb chamber. Hon well, honestly, that's how you learn languages. <laughs> yeah, on, no, no, I'm ja I wish, I wish. And so, my, my friends are now at the point where they're playing, like, Japanese PS1 games and NES games and getting it, and I'm like, shit, I need to fucking, like, I took two semesters of Japanese, I gotta fucking... Gotta fucking start practicing again so i'm i'm i got my kanji book coming soon hell yeah do it man so i was gonna start importing a lot of manga uh to help me read uh my friend said that uh old tezuka stuff is really good like um he says adam which is the uh japanese version of astro boy yeah is very good because, because you've been uh you it's because adam is very easy to understand because he speaks like a child mm -hmm. it's written simply for children but it also gives you a lot of good like a lot of really good nouns and terms because there's like police and military he's talking to all the time. Yeah, like yeah, it's uh, as I I I own the Dark Horse 
uh, the Dark Horse omnibuses of them, and I would love a version uh, that is not flipped Dark Horse. It's twenty fucking twenty. My my friend right now is just fin. My friend just finished uh, reading Unico. Oh, fine. Or Unico, and uh, said it felt just. He said that was so easy to read. He said he was reading at the speed he reads English. Oh, that's so good. And so I'm I'm excited because I wanna I wanna really love start that weird horse seriously. That, I'm gonna get to a point like in a couple years when we're doing Metro, and I'm gonna be like, I'm just gonna be watching shit without subs. <laughs> Hell yeah! Ah, oh, God, live your best life. That's when Tooch sits next to me and makes me live translate Acro Bunch for her. <laughs> oh my god! Oh yeah, dog, because those fan subs are rough. English, 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 nor Japanese is this translator's first or second language. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that was Sonata. Talk about him briefly. Uh, we have the other characters. Like we got, we got you. Let's talk about Yuki. Uh, Yuki is the same woman Leiji Matsumoto's been drawing for a hundred years, uh, <laughs> as well as you know Sasha and Starsha. I forgot what the other sister. Starsha is the one that's Anya Skandar, and the other one that died. Yeah. I forgot her name. Uh, I I think it was almost the same. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, she's she's very much you know the she's the like the the more traditional like heart and soul of the ship. She's like the the the, the ship she, big she, like big sister. I it, I was thinking about it though, and I was like, man, people shit on Tomino for like mis- for like somewhat misogynist writing, which I I don't know if I entirely agree with with a lot of people's accusations. I, I do understand where they come from. I'm not mm-hmm. here to be like sexism doesn't exist. I'm not going to say that because <laughs> I don't believe that. But I just misandry on on my boy Tomino. I, I I just don't see Tomino as a man who's just like I look down on women. But I don't. I could also just like Tomino too much to want to believe that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just a matter of like you know not not excusing this type of thing, but like there there you can you can hold misogynist views without yourself acting actively misogynistic towards people. And Tomino's, like, like also, like, 80. <laughs> sure. Yeah, again, not excusing it, but it's like, yeah, like, that's, it's, it's not... He's old. Yeah. But, like, I made me think, like, Yuki's role in this made me start thinking of, like, Sayla and Mirai and Frau out in, in 0079, just how much more stuff they did. <laughs> yeah, she really didn't do much, which, which, again, like, it on one hand, on one hand, honestly, she did so little, she didn't have a whole lot of opportunity to fall into female fucking tropes. She just wasn't she ever... Just, <laughs> she was only kidnapped, like, once. She was only kidnapped once, but she spends a lot of time talking about, like... A lot of her thing is, like, wanting positive male attention. That's true. That's, like, a lot of her. And I, loves... I don't dislike Yuki, but she's always just kind of like, I want to be appreciated by the men. Um, yeah, and you know, like, it doesn't, it doesn't come off like that super strong, like, I didn't, I never, I never was annoyed by what Me they either. did with her, so it's like, it's, it's honestly, it's easy to, it's, it's easy to miss anything good or bad about her, but I, it, yeah, I wish he did more, she, I wish there was more for her the to girl. do. I don't even fully understand what her job is. She, she's apparently an environmental officer, but I don't know what that means, and she's also, like, a nurse, so she had, like... She just does the girl things, I guess. She is the ship girl. And goes to find, head and goes down to a planet once. <laughs> yeah. So like that's it's it's because it it's especially it was especially weird because it's like you know, she's like a classic anime girl. Like I've I've seen I've seen more dojin of her than I've seen real drawings of her. 
Um, I, I think she was the first waifu because I remember. Not that like, Dojin aren't real drawings. You know what I mean? <laughs> Official I, I, art. <laughs> I, I think she was honestly the first like quote unquote waifu. Because yeah, like, which is wild because she ba- she's barely there. Because it's like. In the subs that you can find on YouTube by Central Anime, I don't know if these notes were on, like, a DVD release, but they translated them. I think they were written by Ano, but with how intense they are in the terms of, like, weird, minute trivia. Right. Only Ano would bother. Like, only Ano would care this much. <laughs> but, like, and they're interesting. I, I went back and, and read just a lot of them. It was all, fa- like, it, just little minute, minute details about how far the Amato went, and I'm putting out animation flubs. Mm-hmm. This, who, who, was fa- who famously worked on this episode that you wouldn't expect and like but one of them was just like one of the notes was like you can see how sexy yuki's body is in this one outfit when she's wearing her nightgown yeah and i was just like (laughs) i just i just fucking full-on cackled because that was just so stupid and silly fun trivia fact Mm, boobies yeah (laughs) uh so i guess uh i guess we can talk about analyzer Oh my goodness. We gotta talk uh, about the, the robot, the, the stupid <laughs> robot in the room. But I'm gonna preface this by saying I've had a lot of discussions recently because of the trend of, you know, new... The big trend right now in video games is remakes. Uh-huh. And people talking about remakes replacing the originals. Oh, I can't wait to play this because the original is so dated. And, like, mm. I don't... I think if you look at games as software, yeah, something can be outdated and, you know, replaced. But I don't see games as software. I see games as art. Mm-hmm. I don't think I I think you know I don't think Silent Hill quote unquote needs a remake because Silent Hill One is a perfect game. There's nothing sure. it doesn't like oh the graphics could be better. I'm like yeah but then why it wouldn't be you're not playing you want to play a remake because you can't handle the fact that nobody's mouth moves. It's it's literally looking at like older like paintings and shit in different styles and being like why why like they someone should someone should remake this with like perfect photorealism and it's like fucking why that's not the point i go i walk in front of starry night and say god this is 400 years old it needs a remake yeah (laughs) that's how you get that weird fuzzy painting of jesus that that one lady ruined yeah so it's like (laughs) and i'm not saying that all remakes are inherently bad i think if you're gonna remake something do something interesting with it analyze give it a weird relation to the original Say something new, say something about the original, or, or recontemporary. Like, for example, I think of all the different remakes of fucking Invasion of the Body Snatchers and how they're all about something else. Mm-hmm. Or how, like, or like The Thing versus The Thing from Another World. Yeah. Uh, Just, or Gojira versus Shin Gojira. Which was where, you know, the original Gojira Godzilla was about, you know, the bomb, and the new one was about the government's failure to, you know properly deal with the 2012 earthquake and tsunami yeah although they did i i that is my favorite thing about that is how they choreographed fucking uh government bureaucracy like an action sequence i mean it's ano he's just the best god i can't wait for shin ultraman uh ano's the fucking illest so i was thinking about the term dated though and Uh i was and because while all this discussion was going on about oh that game's too dated i can't wait for the remake all these fucking Zoomers out there saying Resident Evil 4 needs a remake because it's old. And I'm just like, shut up, Resident Evil 4 is perfect and you don't know anything. You're fucking 12. You're spoiled growing up with these fucking newfangled PlayStation 4s. I'm, I'm being your a piss fucking, force. I'm fucking a grump-ass millennial, but... Oh my god. 
Don't. But, you're gonna t- we're gonna turn it into Gen X. Don't. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, I don't think art can be dated. And I started thinking, what can be dated in terms of like subjective artistic things? And one thing that I think can be dated is comedy. Oh, for sure. And I started immediately thinking of Analyzer. I think of Dr. Sato and Analyzer. They are the two comic relief characters aboard the Yamato. Dr. Sato is just kind of like a wacky drunk man who just wants mm-hmm. to drink sake and makes and is just wacky. And he's fine. I think Dr. Sato is fine. Yeah. Like, I mean, sure, you could say something about, oh, you shouldn't make fun of alcoholism, but it's like, I don't know, I, like, it's a trope. And, I mean, like, it was, this is the 70s, but, like, I guess it's, also... It's the, it's the 70s, like, again, not excusing it, but you, you were way more likely to just fucking pick a functioning alcoholic out of a room, and arguably you still could today, but we're probably better at hiding it. <laughs> and then, then... I work at a liquor store, I'm starting to rethink <laughs> my views on things. And then you got Analyzer, who was known as IQ in the... Yuki's name was Nova in the, um... Her, it's, which is funny, because her name is Yuki... is uh, Her name is Yuki Mori, which means, like, snow forest. Mm-hmm. And her name in English was, uh... In Star Blazers was Nova Forester. Oh, that's that's cute. And then Nova... And then, uh... Ever, and then Analyzer was called IQ. That's strange, because Analyzer is an English word. <laughs> Yeah, they, well, they, someone probably literally said like kids are too dumb to know what that word means. <laughs> Fucking Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Oh my god. Yeah. Kids don't know what a philosopher is. You gotta I, fucking change like, that gay shit. I think they wanted to pull like a Star Wars because it was seventy nine, and they were like, "Oh, the robot should have like a really short name that's like a code, kind of like R two D two." Oh yeah, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right. That that's exactly it. And they cut out pretty much all of his sexual harassment, which is the joke. But as we've we've said before, we've talked Good. about this subject Honestly, before. Man, I should have watched Star Blazing. I it, it's a double edged sword because you also lose a lot of the the nuance of how of good is the voice acting. Imagine the best parts of Voltron and the worst parts of Voltron, where like uh-huh. I feel like six people were on the dub cast and mm-hmm. like. Everyone who's, like, a main character is pretty alright, but as soon as, like, a random side character shows up, it's obviously just somebody holding their nose to make their voice different. Oh, hey, guys! How's it going on this Star Blazer battleship? It's, it's, it's very much just like, I'm Derek Wildstar! Oh my god! Wildstar, they're attacking from the port! It's a Gundam! It's, 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 it's like that. It's, it's better than you'd think, but not as good as you want it to be. Yo, what if they did the thing that, like, Viz did with Sailor Moon and just did a modern dub, but it's still clearly old animation? That'd be fucked up. I was gonna say, what if they made, like, what if they had, we had two simultaneous Yamato remakes going side by side because DreamWorks makes, like, a Star Blazers one? Yeah. Oh, like, the Voltron the right team? Is... Star Blazers wasn't Harmony Gold, right? I don't know who Star Blazer who did Star Blazers. We're about to okay. find out! <laughs> yes. Uh, just as soon as I stop my phone from screaming at me for a flash flood warning. I uh, just did the same shit because my citizen app went off that somebody got shot because that's I live ah! in Philadelphia. Because I live in Philadelphia. I mean, yeah. I I got the citizen app because I now do deliveries into a lot more uh, dicey places. Yeah. Because they keep extending our delivery range, so I want to know if you know people are getting shot around me. Because I don't want to get shot. Claster Television and Sunwagon Productions. Sunwagon. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Um, Claster Television, a Maryland-based distributor. It was originally the producer of children's shows. Um, 
Yeah, Star Blazers. Oh, they did. They oh, they did. Okay, this is the distribution. This isn't necessarily the. Well, I guess there wouldn't be a studio because it's. Uh, but they they distributed like the a lot of the Hasbro stuff. Because um, hmm. I know there was plans to make a Yamato uh, like a Star Blazers movie throughout the eighties and nineties that never really came into like fruition, like a live action mm-hmm. one. I'm sure we'll get one someday, or like a Netflix adaptation. Yeah, there's there's still some there's still some news flowing around every year. The last significant news bulletin about a Star Blazers adaptation was in 2017, and uh, Dave David Ellison interview, who's like who was set to produce it through Skydance. It was in negotiations to acquire the rights. Um, I think that'd be interesting. I I check it out just out of curiosity, just because I want to see like what they do and how much they'd retain. Like he in 2017, he stated that he had hired Zach Dean to write the screenplay with uh, Christopher McQuarrie uh, still attached as director. Uh, they wanted to have it done by the time they finished directing Mission Impossible Fallout, but given that there's been no updates, probably didn't. Yeah. But uh. I I feel like the most dated aspect of this show is the fact that like the most the biggest running gag is that Analyzer sexually assaults Yuki. Yeah, and it's like it it, it there's definitely like the like I said it's pretty much gone by the se- it's it's pretty much gone they pretty much wrap it's pretty much up gone after the B Planet episode arc yeah 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 um but but there's very much a big like a bell curve of it just getting really worse and then starting to taper out and then we get to that episode and it's like there i think this is them just like saying we're done with this bit like i i would have liked if there was a little more of a gradual resolution because it's all because we have that whole thing about analyzer kind of like oh no i like i feel and think yeah where it's kind of like well analyzer if you're gonna like if we if you want us to treat you like a human you gotta act like a decent person and he's like fuck you he, where it's like analyzer only like children flip skirts and shit so you get like like we're laughing because we think that's funny because we're men from the 70s but like gotta cut that shit out dog gotta cut that shit out dog and then they give him like a robot girlfriend with like robot boobs oh no <laughs> it's literally just a it's no it's just a pink analyzer with a bow on her head that's actually kind of cute <laughs> Uh, yo, okay, but I, I had this thought, uh, like, I was talking about, I was talking with my friend Rad about how much I hate Analyzer, and, but then I had the sudden awful realization of just, like, if they ever make, like, a super legit, like, diecast metal fucking, uh, Soul of Chagokin Analyzer, <laughs> I think I would get it. As a, like, a prank on myself. Like, every morning I would wake up and look at my, like, display case and just being like, you you fucking idiot, why'd you buy that, you stupid asshole? What's wrong with you? And I just laugh like, <laughs> titty robot. Analyzer and, sucks. And, like, the, it's, it was so, it was like, it was truly hate at first sight. Like, point zero 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 one seconds of him on screen, my brain immediately knows exactly what he's all about, and I'm like, this robot's gonna fucking suck, I just know it. <laughs> Well, because his first line is, hi, I'm a genius. Uh, so, before we go into the show, I guess we should talk about, uh, let's, let's, let's at least talk about, about our <laughs> fucking, uh, Lord Dessler. Man. Fucking. Whose name was, I think, Lord Deslock in the Japanese version. Okay. One thing that's a little problematic, but I think... I mean, because he's, like, a big evil villain, I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, his... In Japanese, they call him Soto Desla. 
and Soto was the title that the Japanese gave to Hitler. Oof. I mean, you know, what I I did honestly have that thought. I mean, I I personally, given his character and just that everything about that like like military like dictatorship, that's fine. That tracks. That works. It makes sense. He is a fascist dictator. Um, like, and, and, and I kind of had that thought while I was watching it during one of the big, like, very showy, very Nazi, just like, all hail Lord Dessler, like, like, whatever, doing their big salute. And I just kind of sat there thinking about how many, how many, how many Showa anime and Showa toku had scenes exactly, have scenes exactly fucking like this, and it's just, like, a trope now, and I'm just like... Wasn't the grand leader of Shocker, like, a legit Nazi? Yes. No, there, there was a, there was a legit, there was a legit Nazi. Like one, one of them, uh, a lot of his lackeys were either just like the combat men or like, or like weird monster people. But there was, there was one who was literally just dressed like a Nazi, and that was his whole shtick. Um, and I mean, all the, all the combat. Then he turned were... into a werewolf monster, and Commander kicked him, and he exploded. I mean, then there's also like, uh, even going back, if we want to go, you know, Massinger, like Lord Count Blocken was a headless Nazi. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and, and but so like I watch all of this shit, and I'm just like, how, how can anybody look at all of this shit? Like again, going back to like World War Two being the root cause of so many media tropes, it's like, fuck, man, like no, that the entire world looked at this shit and said, this is how we will define evil. This is what evil looks like. If you see people doing this shit. It means it's bad news. That's all anybody's been saying since it fucking happened. And, like, you smash cut to the day, and everyone's like, fucking shut up. It's not political. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. And, like, even this show has a little bit of a nationalist tinge. Like, not not as bad as uh, people were seen to make it out. Mm-mm. It's... Because, like, Tomino's whole thing is he thought that, like, you know, having faith... Complete and utter faith in your military is, like... Fucking bad. Is fucked. Which is why he made the Earth Federation. Such if you like, even have, if you even have a military, you're probably on the wrong track. <laughs> but it's like I kind of like though that like they're called the Star Force in Star Blazers, but in in the, in Yamato, they're, they're they're the Cosmo Navy of the Earth Defense Force. They're not mm-hmm. like a military. They're like a def- they're they're a defense force. They're here. Their entire purpose is not to wage war; it's to protect the Earth. I, I will say that at the end of the I will say that at the end of the day, like the material fact of the matter is, you do have an extremely popular piece of mil- piece of media that is like showing you a war machine and going like, look at this cool fucking thing. Well, that so was it's like, but they but the show goes out of its way to act because that's the thing is that even sure. Okita, because Okita even says like this this ship was cursed with the burden of being a weapon of war now we've rebuilt it to be something that preserves life absolutely and i do i do love the show for that i i do think the show overall as a piece of art is is pretty non-nationalist i just think it's it's one of those things of like you know it's it's there's some saying i forget where i heard it but it was just like it's apparently some kind of famous saying that someone said of just like it's impossible to make an anti-war war movie at the end of the day because uh, some but that's like... the thing about Yamato. Yamato is not a war drama because that's something that Nishizaki that, that that's something that um, Matsumoto always would say is that Yamato is not a war drama. Sure, um, yeah, that, and that is true. I think I think they did the most. I think I think Yamato is the most self-aware show. I think Yamato. I think I think Matsumoto really fucking did the work. I think like Matsumoto said, "Oh, I like I have to make a show about a fucking about our big fucking war battleship." Okay, then let's fucking do that. And he fucking rolled up his sleeves and fucking got to work. Like, 
That was a thing as well. Is that it was a, this is a story right from Matsumoto's mouth? It's right when the second episode was about to air when they show the flashback to World War II of the Yamato sinking. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the mu- there's no music that plays in that scene. But in the original, right before it went, because the last thing they put when they're editing it together right before it goes to probably the day before it goes on the air is the music. And apparently, what Matsumoto got wind that they were going to play a traditional Japanese naval march. Like, a, like music that would play, that, like, the Navy would play when they're going off to fight of the Americans. Mm-hmm. And Matsumoto was like, fuck. <laughs> he was like, if somebody just turns on the, t- the TV and sees this, they're going to think this show is a World War II show. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't want that. And if this, and he's like, we're going to get killed. People are going to get the wrong idea if we have a ultra-nationalist, like, military march playing alongside this. It's, it's, and, it's good. This was, like, Leiji Matsumoto is the right person to have made Space Battleship Yamato, I feel. And so he, like, fucking, like, dashed. And, like, he said he, like, he, he said, like, it was, he, he makes it sound like it was, like, it was, like, in minutes where, like, they're just about to press the button to put the, put the, 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 the Imperial March in it, and then he, like, kicks it off and, like, no, stop! <laughs> so I don't know if it was as dramatic in real life, but it probably was that dramatic to him. Yeah, right. That's probably how he remembers it. I'm not saying that, he's that, lying. That's he's how he remembers it, but in reality, it's like him on using a rotary phone, just like, uh, yes, excuse me. Hi. Hi there. I'm very sorry. Hi. Yes. I hope I'm not bothering anybody. Uh, but <laughs> listen, I just, I was really hoping about the show. Um, if you could just, I know, it's just very important to me that it's not get misconstrued. Thank you so very, very much. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Go back to your day. Thank you. Goodbye. And then he leaves the house <laughs> forgetting to feed his cat. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> He uh, sprinkles. He he. Without looking, he sprinkles some food in an already filled bowl and just like doesn't even notice and walks away. Oh no, poor me, his cat. God. So uh. So uh, before we get into the show, let's let we talked about Deathler a little. Deathler a little bit. Apparently, uh, people said that they thought his name was like supposed to be uh. Uh, like uh, some people said that his name was supposed to be like was sound like Hitler's, but apparently that wasn't intentional. Because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, they just put, took like Hitler's name but replaced Hit with Death. He's Deathler. Yeah, I mean, I would. I mean, like, like I, I would argue that like you wouldn't even need to like it. He, he's he's already as Hitler like as they need him to be for their purposes. Like, and uh, so let, let, do you want to talk about the Gambolusions just as a whole? We don't, unfortunately, get a lot in the way of their broader culture outside, but, like, well, I mean, I guess we get into why towards the end, uh, but... I think that's, that's that was a casualty of the show being cut down to 26. Yeah, um, but, so, so it's hard to really, because, like, one of the questions you asked me and I wanted to chew on for this podcast was how they stack up against the Buff Clan, and, Because like, I, I would say, I, I think, because I, th- is, I gotta Google something, because I think Grendizer is 75. Mm-hmm. When did Grendizer come out? Grendizer was 1975 to 77. So nice. the ve- so the Vegans or uh, from Grendizer, I think the Gamalusians are the are the archetypical bad guy alien race of anime. Mm, like so they the, the the reason they're not super fleshed out is because they were like the first one. They were the first. And j- just like, the fact that they. Oh, you're you're right. You know how I know you're right because that th- that was a decision that was made mid fucking production because at first they were just dudes. Yep, it's not until episode eleven that they turn blue, and I like the way they did it, kinda. 
Because uh, Gantz and Schultz are the first two we meet, and they're just kind of just dudes in, like, dumpy, like, potato sack uniforms. Yeah, it's great. Apparently in the remake, they kept them having normal skin color, but they retconned it to be that they're other aliens from, from, they're from a different species that's subjugated by the Gamalusians. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So that's what they said in the remake. But uh, And then apparently in, like, the, the Yamato PlayStation game where they reanimated a lot of the, the animation as cutscenes, they made them blue. Okay, that makes sense. I, I, yeah, and, and I don't mind that. I don't mind that kind of going back and retconning, especially yeah, yeah. It's it was an early it was an early change, so it makes like so. It's yeah, just just you know. It's like if people blue. shit on the 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 changes in that how every change made to Star Wars was bad. Like I don't know, I kind of like that they like made Cloud City have windows and and you could see the outside of it as opposed to it just being white hallways. Mm, like little yeah. stuff like that, or like. Or like making you know it's so you can you so making the the effects in the Death Star run a little bit better. Oh sure, yeah. See, little like, stuff like that. CGI, or like in Blade CGI Runner, or should like, always be like digital, digital things like that should always be for touch-ups. But I'm yeah, and I'm not saying like in that as going in with my remake thing. Not saying that every movie needs to be go need you need to go in and touch up like that. I just think mm -hmm. if you, I don't think other if when it comes to like touch-ups and like remasterings and stuff like that. That's a different. That's a different thing entirely. But also ha is a slippery slope where you get I, stuff like Apocalypse Now that has like a five additional cuts. Also, also, I think people would be way less egregious about the continue about like at this point the multiple Star Trek remaster Star Wars remasterings if there was an easy fucking way to watch the original cut. You have to go and get the demastered fan yeah, cuts. Yeah, it's like when when your fucking fan base has to do the effort of of fucking reverse engineering your fucking movie so we can watch it. I think that's what people are are low yeah. key mad about. I'm surprised Disney didn't do that because that's like the fucking easiest way to get brownie points with the Star Wars fan base. I wonder. Hey, we released the theatrical cuts of the original trilogy, but they did ha haven't. No, they probably no. won't. They probably won't. It's probably some like. And, you know, George Lucas probably still has some sway. He can probably make a phone call and bitch at someone. Anyway. I saw a uh, picture of him holding Baby Yoda. I was like, you could get off of him. So, like, we're, go we're going, uh... <laughs> what, what was that? What was the name of that shitty show? It's not The Ultimate Warrior. That was the WWF wrestler. Uh, it's, um... Deadliest Warrior. Okay, Deadliest <laughs> Warrior style. Buff Clan versus Gamalusians. Who wins? <laughs> Oh, right, I know what you're talking about now, yeah, god. Fucking... The deadliest warrior on Spike TV. Fucking. Hmm. I, th I think Buff Clan, I think Buff Clan. Yeah, I mean, the I think the Buff Clan just farted out Doom weapons for fun. The they farted out Doom weapons for fun, and they also, like, they, they had way more... They had way more personality. The only the only character with person the only Gamalusian with personality in that show was was Dommel and 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 uh, his vice commander whose name just slipped out of my head. Gale. Gale. Like those two those two were like my favorite one some of my favorite characters in this series. Their arc is great. Gale yeah, Gale and Dommel are great, and apparently there were supposed to be a lot more of them. Um Apparently I, Gale was supposed to actually try to have a coup where he was trying to overthrow Dessler. I oh fuck yeah. I think and also, I'm, I think every artist on that show, like, th th thought Dommel was super hunky and hot. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was always drawn so fucking lovingly in close-up shots that every they just needed to make his jaw the most chiseled butt chin ever. Oh, I feel like he can, like, bones. when he relaxes, he takes out a fucking, like, Bud Lime and pops the cap with his chin. Yeah! <laughs> it is a Bud Lime. It's a Bud Lime. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I, I like them though. They're 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 very silly looking, which is in seventies anime sci fi. I need my dudes to be silly looking. That's what because like I feel I always say Gundam is the turning point because the Xeon guys are fun looking without being super silly. Where then later when they did like in Origin or in um, you know Stardust Memory or War in the Pocket, you can you can very very slightly modify like a Xeon spacesuit. And, like, the Xeon uniforms to look a little less cartoonish. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, I still feel like the Xeon, the Xeon designs are so perfect that they are, like, halfway between really silly and fun evil bad guys and, like, legitimate science fiction military. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the Gamma Illusions are completely in the other direction. They are silly-looking blue Nazis. <laughs> it's real fun. Honestly, it's... It's real good. I love I love what a ham. Like from the jump Lord Dessler is just an aloof ham. Like it, it, it's it's very operatic. It's it's very much like like when he he just is the character that he is and he's living in it. He he's um, the he's that Kate Beaton Nemesis comic from Heart from Hark of Vagrant. Like yeah. I wonder if the Yamato is like thinking about me. I wonder if they're plotting my death. Oh. It really, really, it really, really is, because, like, half the time, half the time he does not want the Yamato to stop. Every time the Yamato succeeds, he is the most hype about it. He's like, oh, yeah, mm, they bested me again. Oh, my God, can you believe this Yamato? <laughs> it's, on, like, honestly, like, now that I'm saying it out loud, like, it's, it's really good. Like, fucking shit that came, rules. Can shit I tell that you came after him weren't as good. Like, they went back to, like, cackling villains with nothing. And it's like, why haven't you learned anything? Like, you want to hear the best part? Uh-huh. Desler comes back in the, in the other shows as, like, a neutral or sometimes ally character. Word? He's not dead? No, apparently not. That motherfucker died twice! I know! <laughs> I, I'm so hyped. I read that, and I was like, okay, now I'm really hyped to watch other Yamato, because I want to yeah, see... Same, like, same, same, same. As soon as you told me that, I was like, oh, I need it! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I also want to watch the remake at some point, but, like, I feel like everyone's too pretty. Like, they added, like, more hot lady characters aboard the Yamato, because they need to sell waifu figures. Yeah, I mean, do they do stuff? <laughs> I don't know. I just know that there's a that, like. Uh, there's... I hope they they need to. They should at least do stuff if they're gonna be there. <laughs> there's one character who is a main. Apparently, he's a main character in the second season, but he only has one appearance in the in the original one. It's when they uh, his name is Yamamoto. His um, his his uh, right before they do their first jump, like his fighter is damaged, and like Kodai's like, no, I'm not gonna leave him behind. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's his only appearance in the first season, but apparently he becomes a major player in the second one. Oh, good. As the second series is a little more action-focused. And, uh... Focused more on, like, you know, dog, like fighter jet dog fights and stuff like that, because they had a budget. <laughs> yeah. Hmm, truly could be their downfall. <laughs> and so, uh... Fuck budgets. And so, um... They were they like swapped his gender, made him like a hot lady with white hair, ah! and uh, and then made her like a major character in the first season as well. She transitioned. We stand. <laughs> uh, so, cause from what I know of the, uh, cause they did the show for the re for the 
I, I'm confused about how Star how uh, Yamato twenty one ninety nine actually works. Like there was the show, and I think they had like a theatrical cut of the remake, and now they're doing like uh, like bi yearly, like twice a year OVAs that are like roughly like loosely adapting the second season. Oh, but taking more liberties with it. Because I because because I, I was gonna ask. Speaking of movies, did this ever get a movie cut? Yes, it did. It actually uh, outperformed. It came out in '77 and outperformed Star Wars. Oh, fucking sick! You'll love to see it. I was gonna say I don't know when we're gonna come back to Yamato. I want to go. I want to come back relatively soon. But uh, I was thinking we do a double feature with uh, the Yamato movie cut, and we do uh, uh, Farewell Space Battleship Yamato, which was the the theatrical sequel. Ah. But fans were dissatisfied with the ending of the movie, so they re- so then they took the plot of Farewell Space Battleship Yamato and ex- stretched it into the second season. Wow, wow. So I was thinking we would do, like, uh, it would be, like, Yamato double feature, like, we'd watch the Yamato movie, and then we'd do the, uh, the, the second movie, and then, then that would lead us to be able to do the second season whenever we feel like it. Because the Yamato franchise is interesting. You got season one, the movie, Farewell, and then Farewell gets stretched into season two. Then there's two made-for-TV movies. I think it's called Be Forever Yamato and Yamato The Next Voyage. Hmm. Uh, which then leads into season three. And then after season three is the movie Final Yamato, which apparently is the longest animated film ever made. Whoa. How f- Wait, how fucking long is it? Wait, let me see. 163 minutes. So that's all near. That's like that's that's like the theatrical cut of Fellowship of the Ring. Cartoons do be shorter. But like, I mean, that's that's pretty cool. It's like a as like a big ending to like Yamato. Yeah. And then there's some other OVAs and stuff. I think one of them like both. I think they had a couple like attempts to reboot Yamato, but nobody liked them. So there's a lot of like unfinished, canceled OVAs. Oh. Before there's they just live, decided to do the remake. There's a live action movie. I'd watch that. That's that sounds fun. Uh, I it just feels like every time every time they make a live action movie of like an anime, it's never as it's never as fun as you want it to be. Like I, I never hear uh, anything good about them. I'll I'll try out the Yamato one. The boat looks cool. The boat. So let's talk about the opening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hour and a half in, let's talk about the opening. Because usually we talk about the opening up front, but I want to talk about the production and the ca- and the wonderful cast. Yamato, 
version did you like better? The uh, the more somber one or the uh, the more upbeat one? Because I think the upbeat one you need like that. You need like the the bombast. I do like the little. And then like honestly, it it, it gave me it gave me like common writer vibes with the fucking trunk. I love a good fucking like. I feel like the somber one really hits though like anytime they played like the really really slow and sad instrumental version i was oh, like oh yeah fuck it was it's good. up that's like up there with like some tomino tear jerking music <laughs> um yeah it's it's like the it's like the it's like the soft piano it's like the soft lounge piano cover of votoms's theme <laughs> yeah they play over the ending yeah oh, it's great um so dude have you listened to the star blazers opening you sh- you linked it to me you you've linked it to me a couple times before yeah I, I uh I appreciate I appreciate that they just were like this is too much of a banger we're off to outer space we're leaving mother earth to save the human race our star Searching for a distant star, heading off to Iskandar, leaving all we love behind. Who knows what dangers we'll find? We must be strong and brave. Our home we've got to save. If we don't, in just one year, Mother Earth will disappear. It's it's so weird. It's so weird that they added a whole extra syllable. You could have just gone star blazer. It's like you're giving yourself work. I don't know. I like all, it. all anime. All like I'm so mad that all of like the like the pre Funimation dub stuff before like Funimation became like the standard for dubbing. Uh huh. I'm so mad they didn't do that. I'm so mad that 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 what that Star Blazer set so many precedents for dubs going forward, but it didn't. No one picked up on that shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll play a little bit. I'll I'll play the Star Blazers opening for you guys. Yeah, right. It's great! <laughs> so, uh... Ah, uh, it's so much fun. So, let's get into the premise, because this show has a great premise. Uh, it's it's the year 2199, and ten years prior, uh, the Gamalution showed up out of fucking nowhere and started bombing the Earth with radioactive asteroids. Like you do. Just out of fucking nowhere. And so everybody, the Earth, like, the ocean is completely dried up, Earth is fucked... And there's just these big underground cities. And the only one we really see is uh, in Japan. Because, of course. <laughs> it's, it's an anime, of course. Right, yeah. It's, it would be, the, it would be Los Angeles if this was America. <clears throat> so the show starts with the Battle of Pluto right at the first episode. So we're going we're gonna to go through the first like two episodes kind of in one go. Mm-hmm. Where it starts out with uh, the Battle of Pluto, where Okita has his ship. And um, it's just like... It's like the animation is is actually stellar with like the way the ships are moving and stuff like that. It was really the first time I think you saw like spaceship combat in anime, like ever. I think. Yeah, actually, now that you say that, I mean, I'm sure fucking nothing's ever the first of anything. But in terms of like, yeah, no, I, I can't think of an earlier thing. And so it's like it's just like the Gamma Illusions are just completely wiping the floor with the with you know what's left of the Cosmo Navy. And uh, Mamoru Kodai, captain of the of the of the missile de- destroyer Yukikaze, is all like, I can't face 
coming back to Earth, like, I, I can't run away from our final battle. And Okita's like, no, you idiot, there's no romance in death. It's like, come back. Swallow your warrior pride. But he doesn't listen. Mm-mm. And, and Okita is very, this weighs very heavily on him. But his ship is, like, damaged, and he uh, is exposed to vacuum for a little bit, which uh, ends up giving him the injury that, uh, and the illness that he that plagues him for like most of the show, well, oh, all the show. That's what it was. Yeah, is that he was he was injured in the in the battle because I think like his ship blew up, like part of his ship blew up. Like you even see dudes getting sucked into space. Like it's rough. They lose. Yeah, and so pretty much only Okita's ship makes it. I think, and like he loses his son in the same battle. Oof. So from there. We cut to Mars, where uh, two trainees of the Cosmo of the Cosmo Navy, the Earth Defense Force, uh, Shima Daisuke and Mamoru Kodai, are sent on a mission to go to go, uh, you know, ex- figure out what what weird thing crashed on Mars. So they show up on Mars, and they find this like they find a Leiji Matsumoto lady lying in in the sand, and she's just dead and holding like a little crystal thing. And they're like, "What the fuck is this?" And so, like, they, they take it to, uh, they take it back to Earth, and very quickly, they're like, okay, I'll play the message. And it's, it, they're, so this woman's like, hi, I'm Starsha, I am the queen of the planet Iskander. Uh, we know the gamble, the gamble illusions are fucking up your planet real, real, real bad, but if you can get to us, we'll give you the Cosmo Cleaner D, this machine that gets rid of nuclear radiation. That's such a dumb name. It's called the Cosmo DNA in Star Blazers. Wow. Which is not much better. The Cosmo Cleaner D. So they're like, here, we have this, uh, here's some blueprints so you can make a wave motion engine that'll let you get here in time. Because Earth only has like a year to survive before the radiation seeps underground and kills everybody. Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh... There's a, you know, I think, so what happens next is, in the, the way they end the first episode is uh, Daisuke and, uh, well, Shima and Kodai get into a ship. Kodai's, you know, too hot-headed. There's like a, there's a gamma illusion playing above, above ground. He's so mad about it. They killed his brother because he's really mad at first. He, he's, he's very angry. He, he's, he, he wants to, just, he just wants to kill gamma illusions at this point. That's all mm-hmm. he wants to do. And his recklessness gets him him and Shima shot down, right? Because there's once again there's no more ocean, so they're what's left of like the East China Sea, and right in front of them is the wreckage of the battleship Yamato from World War Two. Yep. Which is a great shot. Oh, it's so good. Of uh, and so we get into the second episode. They get inside. So after they're in, they they come back to uh, the city or wherever they are. Uh, they get picked up, and I think Kodai gets, like, chewed out for his insubordination. And that's when they meet, uh, Yuki, who, uh, Kodai mistakes for the, for Sasha, the woman they saw on Mars. Mm-hmm. And then that's when you start meeting, that's when you meet Analyzer and Dr. Sato, who apparently is very, a very bad veterinarian. Oh, God. I can't tell if he's a bad veterinarian or he's just drunk. Uh, I mean, both can be true <laughs> uh so they get so that's when uh you know kodai and shima get brought onto the yamato and okita's like that got guys you're graduated you're no longer trainees you're now f- 
fully in the Cosmo Navy, and you are going to be serving aboard the Yamato, because you're the best of the best. Fucking yeah. Kodai's like... Because he's like, we've taken... We've already... I don't know how much time passed, but they, they fucking reverse-engineered that wave motion engine very quickly. I mean, fucking... I guess when I guess when someone else just fucking tells you how to do it, you know, like it fucking maybe hey maybe they fucking it just looked like a Lego book, you know, or maybe it was like maybe they like hit a button and it like blame style downloaded it into reality. Yeah, <laughs> we found out it how to compress like, physical space into data. Yeah, they just fucking they just fucking three D printed it. Yeah, they just three D printed it. That's probably how they do it in the remake, honestly. So they 3D print their their uh, wave motion engine and install it into the, because underneath the wreckage of the old Yamato, they were building a ship to escape Earth just in case you know they couldn't defeat the Gambolusians. It was like a, like supposed to be like, the Ark essentially. Uh huh. But now that they have a chance, that their plan is now we're gonna equip, the Yamato with the wave motion engine. We're gonna go to Iskandar, get the clean the Cosmo Cleaner D, and get back within a year before everything dies. It's our only option. Yeah, pretty much. And so... Kodai is acting like a little bit of a shithead. Is all like... Alright. Should you be the guy leading this mission? Okada's like, what? He's like, yeah, because didn't you lose the battle at Pluto? The one that, you know, my brother died in? (laughs) But, like... I I I feel like that, that... because I think, doesn't Okita, like, slap Kodai a couple times in the show? Like, not as much as, like, but it's, uh, so, we, we see the, the awesome power of the Yamato as it, like, lifts out of, like, the wreckage of the, of the old one. It's, it's awesome. It's, it's sick. There's no other way to describe it. Yeah, it's a very And they blow up a Gambolusian ship. Uh, so then we go to the third episode. Where everyone's, this is when they have, like, the, uh, this is when they have like the big parade going down with all the different members of the uh, of the ship. This is when they meet Sonata and they meet um, whose name is Sandor in the in in uh, Star Blazers, oh. and uh, they meet Tokugawa, the, the the big the old guy in the uh, in the engine room. Yeah, uh. whose name is Orion in the uh, spelled like the the constellation. God, in the. Uh, even though I think they give him an Irish accent, so it's like it should be like his name is Patrick Scott, O'Ryan because he's functionally Scotty. Pretty much, James, <laughs> fucking James Doohan. Yeah, right. And so uh, everyone pretty much gets a. Bo- this is where we start the show. Really, the first three episodes are kind of like a pilot. They're like it's almost like a pilot movie if you stitch them together, like a sixty-minute pilot. Yeah, really, honestly, yeah. And so. Uh, they manage to finally leave the Earth. They blow up another Gamalusian ship because it's kind of Monster of the Weeky. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it, it's but it's less uh, it's less like sometimes it's not always like a monster. It's just like situation of the Weeky <laughs> kerfuffle of the day. Where so, and at that point is where like there's a part where Kodai is like I think in the mess hall with Tokugawa and he's all like I don't trust that Ko-. he's like okay the reason my brother isn't alive and Tokugawa's like bruh you know like he lost his like son his only son in that in that battle too right and Kodai's kind of like oh 
He's still like, I still don't like him, but oh. Yeah. Where, uh, I think in this one they fire, like, a big-ass missile at the, at the uh, Yamato. Probably. That sounds like something they would do to the Yamato. Where the next episode is where they, uh, they try to use the wave motion engine for the first time to warp to Mars. Yeah. And, uh, a lot of the early episodes kind of bleed together because it's kind of just them learning how to use the Yamato. Yeah, like, that's the, 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 the first few eps, like, kind of honestly, like, all just blur in my head because I just sort of, I, I was still getting used to the, the pacing of each episode, and so I would just kind of, like, I would like go. I would like go back and check if I missed anything, cause like one, like one of the episodes was just like, like oh, we can fire a big gun. Let's try to fire the big gun. Oh, we fired the big gun. Uh, we did it. Let's keep going. And then the credits mm-hmm. rolled. I was like, yo, what the fuck? I really like with how they explain that. Like, essentially, you need to, to time the warp in like perfectly. Otherwise, you're gonna get like shot into a different dimension. Yeah. Which is really cool. They go like they go into like a lot of detail about how the shit they got to do. So it makes it makes this like seeming it makes Shima pulling a lever at the right timing feel really important. Oh yeah, no for sure. The effect when they when they first do it though is really cool. Like everyone's it's really psychedelic and everyone's like floating out of their bodies. Um, yeah, very fucking. Uh, did did two thousand one already come out at that point? Yeah, two thousand one was sixty nine. Yeah, then then that's what yeah, yeah two thousand one like you know that's the real that's the real proto fucking science fiction trope thing you want to talk about science fiction trope oh if, fucking... yeah that you can bring back night like eighty percent of global science fiction goes back at least in film and visual medium goes to sp- goes to fucking uh two thousand one yeah so then Stanley. uh we meet uh we meet Ga- Schultz and Gantz. <laughs> Who are our two dumpy first bad guys. They suck so bad. And Dessler hates them. <laughs> Dessler so hates them so much. They suck shit. Like he like it's really one of those things where it's like, I I don't I, I, I have to keep you around. Like you're not even important enough to kill. Like stop fucking calling me about this boat. I like how they have like a like a every time they call Dessler, instead of having like a video call with him, they have like a statue of his head. Yeah, and it just lights up like it is I, Dessler. <laughs> yeah, like he's not—they're not even important enough to go on fucking to to fucking FaceTime. They're not even in the Zoom chat group. He leaves them on red all the time. Oh my god, Gods and Schultz suck, and I love them. <laughs> but apparently, they built a, uh, a like a like a floating island base in Jupiter, and that's where they blow. That so then they're like. We ha- how can we defeat this thing? And they're like, we gotta use the wave motion engine, which is that's the wave motion cannon. Which is like, if you don't know anything about Star Blazers or Yamato, you at least know the wave motion, you know, cannon. Yeah, it's, which hard is to, like, it's hard to miss. It's a big barrel on the front of the boat. That just fires a giant white... Di- it fires an Edeon sword. It really does. It's... It just... It... it, it it, kill, it It's apparently one of the, the strongest map attacks in all of Super Robot Wars as well. It's so badass, you gotta put you gotta put special eye protective wear on so you don't go blind when you fire it. Like, that shit is so sick. God, what if the fucking will of Ide... What if there was an Ide gauge installed on the Yamato? 
What? Dude, if the solo ship had the Yamato as backup, they would the 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 buff clan would be fucked. The, dude, the, the Yamato, like, the Yamato itself is, like, super robot levels of powerful. It really is. It, 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 like, in terms of it, in terms of that weapon, yes, but honestly, I appreciate, like, I do appreciate, like, especially towards the end, it, it was, like, throughout the series, it, it does become more and more apparent. It's like, no, they, they are also an incredibly skilled and competent crew. Like, if they, if they were just, like, they could not get by simply relying on the Yamato, uh, like, mechanically. Like, 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 it gets, especially towards the end, it gets fucked up a lot in a big bad way, and they always just, like, they're just, honestly, like, I was, I didn't know anything about this show. I was, part of me was, like, waiting for a Tomino ending. Part of me was, like, yo, fuck me up, because, like, they're looking rough right about now. Like, part of me was, like, ready for that. Yeah, I mean, or are you just traumatized from Inayon? I think at this point, it was less than that and more of just, like, Matsumoto is so good at artistically pleasing melancholy that, like, he 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 could make he could make it a believably entertaining tragedy. Like, I, I think Matsumoto has it in him detached from anything Tomino's done. It would have been it would have been a different thing. This is a very diff. this is not, this is a very different beast than Tomino. This is a very yeah. different feel and vibe. It's a lot because it is a lot more about feel and vibe. It is a lot more, it's a lot more emo. It's a lot more like less emotional, but not that Tommy knows. Not that anything in Gundam is emotionless. I guess I just mean like uh, it's more sensory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's more sensory. It's more for for how much it for how much it does do like techno babble and explaining everything that it's doing and making trying to make believable sci-fi i do also think there is a science fantasy element to it like it can and that's when it gets into it's more emotional stuff like it's 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 it it enjoys it enjoys being hard sci-fi but artistically and creatively it is more interested in in the story that it's trying to tell and the aesthetics and tone and themes that it's pushing. And so it's an interesting blend cuz like I I watched I've I've seen the first handful of episodes of Galaxy of Galaxy Express. That's just just science fantasy. That's a fucking that's Apparently a trip. that's canon to Yamato. It just takes place like 700 years later. Yeah, I believe it. That's I and I, and I believe that. Like it's, And that's it's, canon to Harlock too and all that. Yeah, it's it's that's dope. I love that shit. I love. I, I want to do I Harlock love, real bad. I want. Yeah, I am very invested in the Lagiverse. I think it's up my. I think it's up my alley in terms of like doing that middle ground of like science fiction and science fantasy. I feel like our, like I feel like the Lagiverse will be kind of like how we have the running theme of always returning to Gundam. Yeah, like Gundam and Getter, and we're always returning to those franchises. I think the Lagiverse is something we're always gonna be dipping into with Gaidens. For sure, absolutely. And because there is such a breadth of it too. Oh yeah, where where we always want to try to have some variety on this show, so we're not just doing the same shit over and over again. Mm-hmm. So the next episode is when they uh, they pass Saturn and they crash on the well. They they uh they need to do repairs where they have to find a specific um a specific mineral that's only on the pla- on that's on Titan, one of the, the moons of Saturn, and because uh, they're it was because I think what happened was they fired the wave motion ca- engine. I mean, the wave motion cannon, but, like, just firing it fucks up the Yamato. Yeah, it's rough. 
So uh, this is the episode where they go through. It's because it's you know ice. I like how whenever they go out into space in the first part, they just wear like a helmet and they're still wearing their uniforms. <laughs> when I think it's like what, like negative like four hundred Celsius on goddamn Titan or something. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess we're expected to believe that they're walking around in airtight s- spacesuits all day. <laughs> so, they uh, this is this episode's kind of neat because it's the first time you see like a Gambolusian soldier in person, but that's not Schultz and Gantz. Because mm-hmm. uh, Analyzer, Yuki, and Kodai go to look to find some of this rock so they can repair the Yamato. And uh, they manage to get spotted by uh, by some Gamma Illusion tanks. Kodai takes out one of them but gets cornered by another one. And I like their weird, like, boomerang gun thing they have. <laughs> he has, like, a dumb-looking gun that he holds and, like, the barrel... Co- like, he holds it with, like... Like, the barrel comes out between his, like, ring and middle finger... <laughs> fucking weird it's weird but uh he like corners kodai and kodai notices a gun oh no uh like he notices like a gun that's frozen by his foot and he's like what and it has the name kodai on it he's like but i still have my guns in my pocket what the fuck so he like goes just like quick thinking i think he like kicks the ice and like gets it and shoots the guy before he can kill them or like analyzer distracts him by saying something stupid and then he like and uh he notices the gun he sees the whole name it's Mamoru Kodai it's his brother's gun oh no do you remember this one at all or no <laughs> uh not really honestly i remember them going down to, i remember going down to look for the special for the special rock cuz uh, what happens is he then runs a little bit and sees the crashed wreckage of the Yukikaze his brother's ship yes 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 it's coming and he, back and so that that's how that episode ends and so he, like, he sits there and he kind of accepts his... For a moment, he's just like, oh my god, my brother could have survived. But, like, it... He quickly is like, no, he couldn't. And, and like, like starts kind of, like, having, like, a bit of a manic episode. And, like, sits down and he's like, I gotta accept the fact that my brother's dead. And I think that's when Okita is like, you're... Like... He was just like... He lives on through you. You're doing what he wanted to do. If we can successfully save the Earth, you're, you've done everything your brother wanted to do fuck yeah and so the next two were a two-parter where they have a big battle against um they have they fire they shoot their anchor to the moon of pluto and all that uh but i think they get heavily damaged in that one but in the ninth episode is the one where they have the cool asteroid ring where they like cover the yamato and like asteroid and like yeah asteroids yeah, to repair yeah, it. yeah that one was sick wasn't the, that? I, I think I remember like a, like it, it was one of those things where it's like the Yamato was just doing, like it was just doing its own thing, but the whole time like the Gamalutians were like fucking we can't find them. They must know we're after them. They're tactical geniuses. <laughs> like, yeah. No dog. They're just they're just fucking covering themselves in rocks for like protection or whatever. For armor for to, to like for extra armor while they do repairs. <laughs> And that's when Gans and that's when Gans and um, Schultz are completely killed. Because <laughs> I think that was like the because that was it. They they def- in the two parter they have a big battle against the Pluto base that was shooting off the asteroids to Earth. Yeah. And then Gans and Schultz are like, "Hey, Dessler, can we leave?" And he's he was just like, and then I think Hisu, which is the the number two guy underneath Dessler, is all like. Hey, uh, Gons and Schultz are calling, 
and they're like they want to come back and he's just like tell them to just die with honor like I have no time for them like just tell them to die and he's like go die I guess we don't have time for losers and like and they like (laughs) hang up on him and so uh the, and so that episode, I think, was their last attempt to destroy the Yamato to, like, redeem their honor. Yeah, like, that. they're basically just, like, manically just, like, fucking, like, we gotta do it. We gotta blow up the Yamato now. We fucking, you don't understand. But, uh, episode 10 is where the show, I always said the episode 10 is where, I told you this, and mm-hmm. I was right. Episode 10 is where the show goes off. Yes. Episode 10 is the only episode without any combat or battle at all. Where uh, everybody in the Cosmo Navy, like the they're they they ju- they're at the point where now uh, it's it's quiet. They're in like empty space. They're about to shoot further than anybody has ever shot before. Like shoot out into space further than anyone's gone before. I think Pluto is the furthest they'd gone. Mm-hmm. No one has left the solar system yet, and so this is their last chance for everyone to say goodbye to their family because. Who knows if they can succeed or not? They're going to try their damnedest, but this might be the last chance you have to talk to your family. Yeah. And this episode was so. If if you're going to watch any of them, watch this one. Like if you're, we got to say like three essential Yamato episodes. This is the first one. Do you agree? Like this is this is the first essential Yamato episode. Oh yeah, no, for sure. This is like this is honestly this is the one. watch. If you if you only want to watch a couple of them, watch the first three, then skip to this one. Oh yeah, yeah, you don't you don't miss you don't miss much. First three are really good. Are the pilot? Then watch ten, because this like don't I'm not saying I'm not encouraging you to skip, but if you're going to anyway, at least watch this one. Where it's, so it's, yeah, it's it's I would call it, it's 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 necessary. Like everyone's lined up to go to the like the communications room to call their family for the last time. And they, they, then this is the fucking kicker. They each only get five minutes. You only get five minutes. So like Shima talks to his his son, I mean his brother, and he's like cries like oh god I gotta protect my brother because he said that like his father's getting sick because of the radiation. Oh. And his brother's building like a Yamato model to try to cheer to try to cheer them on. And like in it's it's. It's telegraphed so well because, like, everybody's so hype. Like, yeah, we get to call home. We get to see. We get to talk to our buddies or our family or our loved ones. It's going to be fucking great. I can't wait to go next. And then it's like everybody exits the room just fucking weeping. They're, like, either they're weeping or they just, like, look dead. Like, they don't want to fucking talk. Like, and everyone's just kind of, like, confused but, like, not letting it get them down. Like, oh, whatever. Whatever the fucking I'll call Tokugawa's got me pretty bad because he was, like, talking to, like, his, his young granddaughter yeah and he just starts yeah. like weeping as the message t- cuts off oh it was so mm. and then yuki comes in and he stays with and that was and that was so nice it kind of bra- you see how like like he, he yuki comes in and is like can i talk to my family and he's like he, he just kind of stands there while she does and they like her family are like pressuring her to like oh we're trying to find a suitable husband for you when you get back yeah and it's kind of just like a cute little exchange because she she like I think she like implies she has a crush on Kodai, and they're like, "Oh, you is is." She's like, "Oh, I might meet somebody on the Amato," and they're like, "What? Oh, him?" Ah. <laughs> this old... It was just, it was just, it was very nice and cute. It was, it was. You could tell everyone on the Amato likes each other. It's, mm-hmm. but like this entire episode, like Sato talks to his cat about how there's no sake in space, Aww. and then, 
And then, but this entire time, like, Kodais is kind of being a dick. <laughs> and yeah. there was a, like, everyone's just like, well, hey, Kodai, don't you want to talk to your family? And he's just like, Ugh. And, like, kind of is, like, ignoring everybody. He's, like, alone doing, like, fucking curl. Like, he, like, has his legs propped up on, like, a exercise equipment doing, like, sit-ups. And it remind and it just occurred to me, right this second, that I think Lance from Symbiotic Titan was based mostly on Derek Wildstar from Star Blazers. Pro- yes, I was, like, I remember you say, you bring that up before, and I was like, fuck, you're totally right. I was, because it, it, it reminded me of the scene where Lance is doing the exact same shit. Yeah, <laughs> In Symbiotic Titan, I was like... Tartakovsky watched Star Blazers. Tartakovsky absolutely, someone on that set, like, yeah, Tartakovsky absolutely watched Star Blazers. I know that fool did. They, he watched Star Blazers. That's all I gotta say about that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but, that, so he, like, gets called up, this is this is the moment we were talking about, he gets called up to the captain's chamber, and he goes up there, and because Yuki, because, uh, because right before then, Yuki's like, oh, you haven't gone yet, you should go. And he just, like, sits in the chair and doesn't do anything. Fuck. Because he has no one to call. Who's he going to call? His, his parents are dead. His brother's dead. He doesn't have anybody. And Yuki kind of puts that together and, like, cries apologetically, like, oh, God, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't mean to rub it in that you don't have a family. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, and then he goes up, he gets called up to the, like, the captain's quarters. And him and o- cause Okita also has nobody. Yeah. And they just kind of bond over that. Like, they've... This is, I think, where he, Kodai completely... Rem, like, his grudge is gone. Mm-hmm. At this point. Where they just talk... They talk to each other, and just as men... And they're like... Drink, he's like, drink with me. They pull out sake, they're drinking. Just, just it's like, say... And then he says, like, Kodai, say, say farewell to the Earth. We'll be back, though. Mm-hmm. And he's like, farewell! It's great. It's, it's like the best moment in the whole show, I think. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really fucking good. This show, like... That one of the, one of the things this show is about, and it's it's fucking it's a miracle that it came out that it comes out. I, I think it comes out as well as it does is like like male re- like positive male relationships. Um, it's a big part of this show, I think, in in a way that's more on purpose than simply just that's usually what a lot of these shows end up being about because there's no fucking women. <laughs> like I I think it was a little more in. I still think ultimately, like, yeah, they did make the decision to not have women for, like, just because, like, fucking it's an action show for, like, mostly boys, so it's, like, can't have girls around, it's fucking whatever, but, uh, they did a good job with this for, for, for having that, and I, and I did enjoy, I, I, I enjoy all of, uh, fucking, I, for some, Devin, for some reason, I can't remember the main character's name for more than five minutes at a time. Kodai? Kodai. I know it's a K. <laughs> I keep wanting to say, like, Kaito, and I'm like, no. Kodai. Uh, Kodai, yeah. Like, fucking, all, all of all of Kodai's, like, friendships on the Yamato are all pretty great. And so that, that's how the episode ends. And uh, a little brief intermission. Uh, talk about two things. One, apparently Ano has built every single version of the Yamato model kit ever. <laughs> uh, and second of all, what do you think of the ending theme? <laughs> the red scarf. It's it's like the only thing in my head. It's been the only thing in my head this past month. I fucking I love this soft. I love when I love when science fiction has like soft lounge music. 
Um, so episode 11, this was the, uh, the, so this one starts with where they, this is the one where they decide the Gamma Illusions all have, uh, blue skin now. There's a scene where, cause Dessler we'd seen before, but he just looked like a blonde dude. But now he's walking down, he ha- like, we see his huge chamber now, his huge death castle, and he's like, you know, kind of like, he's strutting down, and everyone's like, hail Dessler, hail Dessler! And, but like, his, he keeps walking under light, and like, his skin starts changing from like, like, you know, like, white guy flesh color to, like, blue. And they're like, oh. Because the way they contextualize it, that we were just seeing Dessler under a different light. We're back. Yeah, we're back to talk about blue titties. Uh. Yeah, we were going through just char- while While Tooch was solving a problem, I was complaining about the character designs in the remake. Uh, yeah, but uh, we didn't lose anything, so we can just keep going where we were. Yeah, so we were, uh, you were asking whether, you know, people even notice if they had a black and white TV, and probably, honestly, I think there was, I guarantee you that people had schoolyard discussions about that. Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah, 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 uh, but, but, I, I guarantee, it was probably the equivalent of, like, Muse under the truck, like, you can't trust your friend, and then you go, to, yeah, the, the, everyone probably, everyone probably had, um, I, I wonder I wonder if there was if there was a if there was a thing of just like oh I gotta go over to Billy's house to watch this after school he, his parents got him his parents got a color TV in the living room. I have um, to go over to <laughs> the past. I have to go over to Shinji's house, but his his sister's annoying. <laughs> God. Anyway, so um, episode eleven is where we we see we where. Uh, they have the they changed the skin color of the camelutions. Um, I like it. It's good, and this is also a direct like Leiji Matsumoto in many ways, but also in this specific way is like that. This art style is directly responsible for the uh, the the music the the fucking feature length music video for Daft Punk's album Discovery uh, Interstellar Five 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 Five. Yeah, it's just a, it's it's literally just blue aliens, and everybody looks like they're drawn by Leiji Matsumoto. And, well, everybody looks like a combination of like Matsumoto and like whoever the artist was for Cobra. <laughs> um, Cobra, Cobra, we gotta do Cobra. I want to do Cobra. Cobra whips ass. <laughs> but uh, this is the one where Dessler is like, okay, I gotta deal with the Yamato myself now. Yeah, this is the part where he's like, all right, now it's my problem. I'll this is where you start remembering the show. You have my attention, is essentially what Dessler says. Like, okay, I actually have to take this somewhat seriously. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's fucking, it's fucking lit. Uh, so this is the one with the Dessler minds. Yeah. Where he's like, where, uh, you know, he they set out this, you know, all it, they look like little, like, sea mines. And they, they stop the Yamato dead in its tracks, and they're like, oh, we're surrounded by them. What are we going to do? So they say, like, well, the the detonation switches on them look pretty big, and so, like, why don't we just individually go out in spacesuits and push them out of the way? <laughs> and Dessler is like, and they, they push them out of the way, and they just leave. And Dessler's like, I didn't expect them to do such a fucking boorish and uncivilized stupid thing like that. <laughs> And he's like, I hate them, as he starts getting a bit of a chub. Yeah, right? It's like, ooh, <laughs> they play dirty. They don't play by the rules. Like, they don't care. Ooh. They'll do whatever they want. It's, it's like vanilla kicking fucking GJ in the nuts. Oh, no. 
I'm just imagining, like, the crew of the White Base being shown Yamato, and they're like, this is what we gotta be, and then everyone's just like, but, Bright, we're high schoolers. God, yeah, like, Bright fucking, <laughs> like, sits them all in a room and rolls out the big fucking substitute teacher movie day TV on the stand, and it's like, alright, this is what we're watching today for your training. This is fucking... <laughs> Amuro is just sit. Amuro just wants to fucking s- to die. <laughs> Uh, Kai, Kai loves Analyzer. Just the funniest character, loves that fool robot Analyzer. Every time Kai Analyzer does anything, Kai is just laughing like a fucking, like a, like a fucking goon. Kai is cackling so much, it's like not even like, everyone's, everyone's like, Kai, chill the fuck out. It's not that funny. Sailor's, Sailor's on her phone. Ah! Sailor's <laughs> texting! Sailor's busy texting Frau about how dumb this is. Oh, God. Oh, no. And then Frau's just like, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, it's so, it's so dumb. Boys in their anim- dumb anime, and she like fucking k- kicks like a ma- kicks like a Yamato manga under her bed. <laughs> oh god, oh. <laughs> this show rules. Uh, episode twelve is really, really good. Do you remember episode twelve? Um, f- probably if if you start describing, it, I'll be like, yeah. It was the one with the gas. The ecto gas. Ecto gas. Where he was just like, "Hey, look at this! Watch this!" And he like, he's like, "Hey guys, I got something that's gonna fuck up the Yamato." And they're like, "What do you got?" Dessler's like, "Check this shit out!" And he like throws down like a glass vial. It's this gas, and he shoots it with a laser, and it gets bigger. And he throws the gun into it. Oh God! I don't think I, I don't think I remember that scene. Holy shit! And he's like, "This will destroy the Yamato." So they spray this like gas, this like energy. It's it. it it absorbs energy and dissolves matter. Okay, I think it's starting to come to me. So his plan is that he's going to use, like, a big laser net to scoop the Yamato into it. Jesus. Yeah, this is, it's, it's, it's very, God, I don't even know. It's just, like, I'll, I'll get, the, it's, it's honestly very, like, Western Saturday morning cartoon almost in a way. Just probably one of the whole reasons it tracked over here so well. Like, it's. He's coming up with, like, kooky fucking schemes to get this stupid boat. <laughs> this one stupid fucking boat. Oh, God. And so what they end up doing is they fly the Yamato, like, real, real close to, like, a star. Yeah, 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 yeah. They... And people are, like, passing out from the heat, but that, like, does, but that, man, but, like, it's the, I think the gravity and, like, the heat sucks in the gas into the star. Yeah, because that was another one of those. That was another one of those. I think that was another one of those two act ones of just of just like, oh shit, there's a problem, and then someone comes up with the solution, and then they do the solution, <laughs> and there's no and complications. Like, and like Hisu is all like, maybe we should like congratulate them because that was like really clever. Dess was like, fuck that. <laughs> wow. Episode thirteen is the one you were talking about earlier, with the POW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, very good stuff. Uh, I loved it a lot. Um, they, again, again, it's my, my biggest takeaway is just how, how earnest the, the Yamato is. Because a lot of stuff, 
you know, because I, I also mentioned earlier about how, like, you know, somebody, regardless of how hard Lazy, like, Lazy Matsumoto did put in the work to make this as, as, as least nationalist as it could be. But at the end of the day, any asshole who doesn't want to think critically about their media could still point at the Yamato and go rah rah Japan. Like it doesn't like. I mean, that's exactly what ultra conservative huh. people in Japan do because they've rallied around the Yamato theme song to blast it and harass people who are like left leaning. Great, cool, good. I love it. Ugh. Uh, and so that's one of the things um, that that I love about it is like. A lot of media, you you could easily just kind of, like, fill in blanks and just go, like, oh, well, they're the protagonists, so clearly, like, they're, they are, we can, we can assume they're the best versions of themselves, but, yeah, like, this show shows them being the best versions of themselves, like, they, they are faced with their enemy, and as soon as they see that, like, oh, like, fucking, they're not crazy space monsters who just want to fucking eat us or some shit. Like they're not some strange alien threat. I look at this. I look at this being and I see something similar enough. They're not even the same. Like it. It honestly would work different if they kept the original skin color. It works better because like I was expecting like ew, look at their ugly blue skin. And even though they, it's just the same. But like no, they go like, fuck man. Except for the except for the blue color. Where the fuck it, it's the same? That's just a human. Jesus Christ, we're fighting humans, and it's like it's life changing for them in a big in a big immediate way. Like the arc of that show isn't them coming to terms with that. It is like no. If in order to be a baseline good human being, you have to value humanity and human life, no matter what form it takes. Um, and that that is the that is the most powerful moment in the series for me. Like that and that's blew only me half away. of what makes that episode great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the actual like that's it, only half of it. The because it's just like it's just a bookend for Kodai's backstory, right? Or am I getting episodes mixed up? Well, well, no, because this had this had this is the turning point for Kodai's character because we have an extended ke- uh, flashback for where we see yeah. the death of Kodai's it free- parents. <laughs> it freeze frames on him about to stab this man. <laughs> yeah, so like Kodai <laughs> is watching this and kind of like seething, like he's finally seeing the person the one of the people who may be responsible for the death of his entire family. And he can't, like, everyone else around him is coming up with justifications of why to, of why they have to stop hating them so much. And he's like, yo, fuck that. And so we have an extended flashback of, like, the death of Kodai's family. It, it's... Essentially, it's just a bit of... It's a bit slice of lifey, and Kodai's kind of a shitty kid who, like, is mad that his... He's not getting any attention when his brother comes back from, like, m- war school. I did like that. I like that was such a real moment of, like, this kid, because, like, you know... The, That's a kid thing to do. It's a kid thing to do, because it's like, you know, she she explains it to him, like, yo, like, I know that it, I know that it feels bad when no one's giving you attention, but we can give you attention all the time. Like, your brother's only here for, like, a My minute. My brother's only here for, like, a minute. <laughs> Um, and then he gets it, and that's what you do with kids. You just explain the situation to them, and they still feel shitty, but, like, they, hopefully they learn. Um, and I also think it's it's such a great extra thing for, for them to specifically make his brother tell him, like, oh, right, you're such a pacifist, you hate fighting. <laughs> and then he just, yeah. like, but when we meet Kodai, he's just, like, it's, it's on the nose, but I did like it. I'm just like, oh, yeah, well. And it also kind of shows, like, how close Kodai and his brother really were. Yeah. And so then, you know, the asteroids come, then the ast- then war were declared. And, uh, at that, so then, you know, Kodai is about to stab this dude, and then and people are like, Kodai, don't, that's a war crime! 
<laughs> and I'm kind of like, I, I kind of am like really happy that they give a shit about that, even though these people just nuked their plant, even though the Gamalusians did just nuke their entire home planet into like near non-existence. Yeah, I think the, the overall crew of the ship understands that like soldiers are not the military they work for, you know. Um, and so it's 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 different. It's a it's certainly a moral tightrope to walk, but it's something that I personally like believe. Um, and so it's like, uh, Aveng- Kodai puts down the knife, and then even as the so like they they give him like a medical examination, and they find out that they're like ninety nine percent same as humans. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're like, uh, Okita interrogates him. And doesn't really learn anything because he's like, what does he know? Yeah, I don't fucking, I, buddy. I don't know a goddamn thing, my guy. And they're like, all right, we're giving some food and send him back out because you know we're not, we're not, we can barely, we barely have enough shit to keep us alive. Yeah, who we're not knows? keeping prisoners. Who fucking knows what conditions he's he's under? Fucking give him a snack. And so, but it's even at the end, Kodai gives him like a handshake, like he see, like kodai got over that yeah it's like a silent goodbye it's like a silent just like nod of just like acknowledgement and i love that we don't even get like because like a a different show would have given that individual soldier the backstory like like the, the you think arc that's who the blue lady is and she becomes a member of the fucking yamato crew in the shitty remake god i a, a gamolution on the crew would be fun that's always fun the, the um, like EJ. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and please so, watch it, Dan. Like, I I I appreciate because on on one hand on one hand the it's always a nice message of like think more about how it's it's always nice to be told to think more about people who would otherwise be strangers to you to try harder to envision them as people with lives and so that's why we often get the trope of like oh what normally would happen in this episode is he would give his sad story and that w- would be what would make Kodai realize oh he's he's a person just like me with a life and with tragedy but like no we don't need that we don't we don't we don't need him to state his case we don't need this random game Lucian to prove to us that he's an individual human that's explicit just in the fact that he's alive and in front of us um and Kodai like Kodai gets that without having to like become best friends with this person you don't have to become best friends with somebody to decide not to stab them (laughs) like it's basic human decency and it's and it's nice to see like in media at all so that's that's one of my favorite episodes for sure that's another unskippable one for sure so the next two are all oh, these are such bangers. I'm like, oh, that was a good one too. They're all bangers. Yeah, this Episodes... is this is when they this is when we get into the shit I remember way more specifically. Because this is when the show started becoming. This was when the show started getting really fucking good. Mm-hmm. So, um, episode fourteen is the one where they're stuck in the uh, in like the uh, gravitational the gravity storm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gravity storm. Oh, gravity squeeze is the name of that move from All vs. Capcom. <laughs> and. I, I I like and everyone's just kind of at their worst. <laughs> yeah. In episode fourteen, everyone's fucking mad and bored. Like yeah, what was it? They're, they were playing a game. They were playing a game of, of of shogi and fucking Kodai flips the table. No, does Kodai flip the table? I think Kodai tries to cheat. Ko- yeah, Kodai tries to cheat. And Shima, fl- it's either one of them flips the table, the other one tries to cheat. Yeah. So it's like neither of them have any grounds to like be the mad one. Like, and they keep like, 
they keep arguing about a way to like get stuff done mm-hmm. where Kodai's like oh I just gotta find you know there's a whole I just gotta find you know the way out of here and he like takes a plane out there he takes like a fucking Cosmo fighter and like eats shit <laughs> immediately like I was ex- <laughs> like I again like this this show defies my expectations so much I think that's one of the reasons I love it it's like I, I was like okay he's gonna have like he's gonna get like stuck he's gonna get stuck in a storm and they're gonna have to like save him and it's gonna be like the whole second act or whatever it's like no he he fucking gets in launches goes up in the air flips upside down and crashes the in- just totals the fucking ship being in the air for Two seconds. Asshole. Because <laughs> he was acting like a fucking dick. I, but then, and then the, instead, I was assuming, like, oh, he's gonna get, like, he's gonna get thrown in the, thrown in jail, thrown in holding for this for sure. Uh, but it, but no, like, Okita just makes him, like, cl- clean up the, clean up the hangar. But then he goes down there, and every half of the crew is down there cleaning up the hangar because everybody's fucking up, and that's the punishment Okita exclusively gives. <laughs> I forgot about that. And they're all—they're literally—they're arguing over who gets to clean. It's like, no, I gotta clean it. Captain said I need to. to give me the mop. Like they're all—they're <laughs> all just, just being fucking... good. They're mad, but they're still trying to be good soldier boys. They don't want to make. They don't want to disappoint Dad. Yeah, they don't want to. Yeah, fucking God. Good little and naval officers. <laughs> so, at this point, then uh, they they get in, like a fucking fit. Shiba and Kodai just start beating the shit out of each other. Literally, like it's it, it's and it's literally just like they both know exactly what it is. Kodai's like, "Hey, come out! Like, come outside!" Literally, like, "Hey, step outside with me for a second. Shima's like. All right, like they don't. He, he's not even surprised when he's like, "Yeah, we gotta throw it out. We gotta fight right now." And he's like, "Fucking okay." <laughs> we and have so just... much. We have so much bored, pent up dude rage. We just need to punch each other till we're sane again. Oh God! I and I love, I love that moment. It reminded me. We need to me, punch the stupid out of each it, other. It reminded me of my favorite episode of fucking original Common Rider when Common Rider Two is like fucking like Hayato. Hayato is Hayato is down in the dumps, but like a like a fight he lost, and it put it put like the. I I forget his name. Hold on, let me ask my wife. Hey, baby, what? who's the little shitty kid from Common Rider that we love? That they replaced Hojo? eventually. It was Tojo. When? Was it Hojo? Hojo? No, I don't think it was. That's the Final Fantasy VII character. Let me see. <laughs> um, but Goro. Yeah, Goro. His name was Goro. Yeah, like Goro got Goro got like. Majima, that's what I was. <laughs> Oh, Goro! Uh, like, like you know, Goro's life is put in danger in a fight that he loses or whatever, and like, uh, the FBI oh, agent. Give me that I, all in. That was fun. The 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 FBI agent I ship him with, whose name escapes me, but I love him. He's a. It's goober. what is it? Uh, shit. What is his name? Ta- uh, Taki. 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 Yes. So so Taki. Like like. Because I read Common Rider Spirits, and he become he ha- he becomes Common Rider Taki, where he doesn't have any powers, but he puts like shotgun shells between his fingers and punches people and calls it a rider punch. That's real fucking cool. Um, so Taki, like, like Taki is like consoling Hayato in the quarry that they always film this show in, and <laughs> and he like, and and Hayato is still like injured or whatever, but but like Taki's just like, yo, you like you and me, like we gotta fight, like, you gotta st- st-. In, in order to like solve the problem of his best friend moping around and blaming himself, they just start fighting like for real, and it's just like, and then in the end, like. 
because of Taki fighting Hayato out of nowhere, Hayato comes up with a new rider technique to, like, defeat the bad guy, and he's like, thank you, I did it. Like, I think it ends with him, like, getting a boulder thrown at him, and he just figures out how to rider kick it real good. Oh, Christ. I love, I love that shit. But that's, but they end up, that's, that's the same thing. They man, they end up, Yuki breaks up their fight and is like, listen, you guys gotta like really work together. And he's, they're like, okay, yeah. So like, uh, Oki just like, okay, we don't really got a choice. We can't sit here and dawdle because either the earth's gonna die or we're gonna starve. <laughs> yeah. So we gotta just try. And so Shima's like driving the ship and then Kodai puts his hand on top of Shima's to like help him. Because they both gotta push it real hard. Jeez, I, I, I also, that that's a trope I love about, like, anything, about piloting anything, is like, no, you just gotta push on the stick hard enough and you <laughs> to make it go harder. Well, I'd like to think that it was, like, resistance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it made sense. <laughs> I just, like, there's, there's other anime where that is not the case, and it's just, <laughs> the louder you scream, the more powerful you are. That was a really good one. I, that, that one's great. Gosh. Uh, 15's good, too. This is when we first meet, uh, Domel. Yeah. Because after losing only twice, Dessler's like, well, I guess I gotta get my best dude on this. So he, he's like, alright, uh, Domo, you're, our, you're Admiral Domo, you're the hero of Gamal, of, you know, the Gamelons, Gamelusions, whatever. <laughs> you're our hero. His name was uh, Lysis in the, um... It was Lysis and Volgar instead of Domo and Gale. Ooh, I wonder what he sounded like. You you could watch some Star Blazers at some point. Did did you did you catch what he sounded? Did you watch any of it? I I watched I watched more of the earlier ones, oh. and I, I think and I watched the last one. What was his name? Uh, in in, in Star Blazers, it was Lysis and Volgar. Lysis. Let me see if I spelled that right. General Lysis, L Y S I S. L Y S I S. I know. Oh my god. Oh my god. Sorry, just... <laughs> he just said... He just, he talks like this, it's, it's fucking... It's me, hello, and I don't like it. Uh. That's how he sounds? Yeah. How, how does... Now you're like, how does Dessler sound? Oh, I got, it's the scene of him destroying Gale's gaudy-ass office. Which is in this episode. Yeah! It's so good. I, I, he just hates this, they just hate each other so fucking much, but they have to work together. So, uh, Ga uh Gale it's is growing replaced on me. by his, his voice is growing on me. And Gale is just like, I hate this guy, ah, fuck you. Do you see what I mean? But like the dub isn't like fantastic, but it's better than you'd think it would be. Mm-hmm. Like it, 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 it's not great. No. <laughs> but Ew. you're like pleasantly surprised. <laughs> His fucking ugly, handsome face. He's so hot. I hate it. <laughs> He's like uncomfortably like hunky. It's bad. He's got his face has so many muscles. <laughs> They love this. Every <laughs> the Yamato staff is so horny for Dommel. <laughs> Do you think his name was taken from uh, 
General Erwin Rommel, the Desert Fox. Ooh, maybe. Who was the uh, an, uh, famous, he, the guy who pretty much, the Nazi general who pretty much invented tank combat? Probably, I would, that, I would believe it. But, uh, <laughs> so they go to the planet, the dark planet Balon, where he uh, overtakes the position of Gale. I love when Gale is all like, hey, who am I? And to one of those guards, the guard's like, you're Vice Commander Gale. He, like, freaks out and, like, throws a fucking wine glass at him. Oh, good God, I love it so much. He's, I... Gale I, is, like... I do, like, honestly, uh, Gale... Gale is buff clan. Gale is a fucking buff clan motherfucker. Just, I want my goddamn promotion! He wants his promotion, he wants to keep his position, he's totally... He's exclusively in it for the power and the and the fame. He, he, he... I'm so mad we didn't get the arc where he has a coup... Tries to have a coup against Dessler. Oh, God, it would be... That would be so fucking good. That's one of... That's one of the episodes that I want from the 30 that were promised to me. Uh... The 39. 39? Yeah, it got cut down from 39 to 26. Damn. See, honestly, like, that's what I was gonna... I was thinking about bringing up when you mentioned... Because at first I thought you said 30, and I'm like... That's reasonable, because honestly, I we're, we'll get to the ending, and I have issues with how that was paced. But overall, I enjoy how tight the show is. Because um, so, it was, a, I, I feel like there was a lot of. Because um, what I read was that there was supposed to be the whole a whole like six episode sub arc of like Gamalusian civil war. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was supposed to be a couple episodes between getting from the planet of Gamalus to uh, to Iskandar. Uh huh. And uh, there was supposed to be more about the journey back. That makes sense. That that I that that does make the most sense to me. That I I would have liked all that shit. Maybe not so much the journey back. I definitely didn't need it. Uh, but yeah, yeah. But no, I I love what a fucking like. He's just like a bachelor. He just like found an easy job and like uh, he just he he joined the military. He he just joined the military and they're winning the war. So it's like yeah, this job's fucking sick. Like <laughs> fucking Gale. And so like right on Balon, it's like they just he just fucking wrecks Gale's horrible, stupid, gaudy office. Jesus, it's so good. And so, um, I think in that one, they, like, try to, like, I think their first plan is to, like, push the Yamato to a black hole or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, they may, and at that point, that was, like, because Domel's like, oh, I can, I can crush him. But then they get out of it, and he's just like, oh. Oh, and then he gets a little bit of a, bit of, a, like, a rival chub. <laughs> I just think of just like the the the, the Nebit brigand, and he has like the fucking like locket. Yeah, right. <gasps> uh, you might want to talk about episode sixteen because this is the B planet. Okay, so for a minute, Analyzer wasn't really doing all that much horny shit, and I was like, "That's great." Um, and then I realized we were gonna have a whole episode about it, and everybody starts like. You know, they basically like, lol, look at this stupid horny robot. Like, they they like laughing at this horny robot just as much as they like, unfortunately, also laughing at Yuki's expense. Um, and so they, they kind of ask Analyzer. Like, Analyzer's like chilling with the boys. He's cracking a cold on open with the bros. Like They're he, like literally like sunbathing in the hollow deck. <laughs> yeah, and they're just like, hey, and, and they're just like, yo, Analyzer, like, you're great and all, 
but why are you such a fucking horny idiot? You're a robot. And he's like, he's basically like, I, I want to be human. I feel like I'm human. Uh, how dare you misgender me? Uh. <laughs> he, he also says, like, so they, they kind of like retain He's this, human like, kin. What are you going to do to Yuki next? And he's like, I'm going to propose marriage. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's very just like, he's just, he's just like, that. this is what, this is like, he simultaneously is like, oh, I, I, I feel human things and I wish to be more human. So I need, so I, I, I have feelings and I have like love and passion and I want a wife. But then, but then he's also like, and then someone's like, yeah, but you can't fucking act like that. And he's like, I am a robot. You cannot tell me what to do. <laughs> like... <laughs> And then, and then Yuki, poor Yuki goes up to Okido like, hey, can you, like, fix Analyzer? And Okido's, ba like, I forget the excuse Okida gives, but he's basically like, we can't really fuck, like, he's too useful, we can't really fuck with him too much, because I don't want to not have him around. He's also just like, we don't really have time to, yeah, to figure out how to even do that. Yeah, uh, Analyzer, like, uh, Analyzer is a cartoon machine, and we only know how to work on shit that, like, could theoretically exist. Uh, we don't even know who made Analyzer. He kind of showed up one day. Analyzer! Dog, no, I have it! <laughs> ba oh, Devin, baby, I got it. I got the next part, I got the next plot point in our fucking Super Robot Wars fanfiction. Oh, fuck. How does Yamato figure into this? Analyzer runs on getter energy. I hate it. That's why he can do all that shit. That's why he can drink sake and get drunk. <laughs> That's why he can do stretchy extendo arms when the rest of them have to worry about warping through space and dying. Is that why Dr. Sato, there'll be a scene where Dr. Sato is just like... Like, he's talking to Yuki. She's like, why can't we destroy it? Like, fuck it. And he's just like, we can't. He swigs this. That's the like takes a huge swig of sake and like gets really serious and says, "It's the final will of Sautome." Sautome <laughs> <laughs> left. Sautome Sautome left to him analyzer in his like will. And it had and and stored within analyzer is the cybernetic brain of Boonji. No, I was gonna say no. Okay, this is this is like okay, this is a better idea. This is a better idea that doesn't involve Bungie. They they open up they open up his chest cavity, not unlike Bender bending Rodriguez from Futurama, but instead of the severed head of Lucy Liu, um, it is a emperor fragment. Fuck! I hate it. I hate it. The second so, season. The second season of this podcast is just our vehicle for crossover fan fiction workshopping. But we're too lazy to make it. Yeah. Too lazy and busy to make it ourselves. So we're just hoping that one fucking one of you fools will get hype enough to make it for us. Oh God, yeah. That'll be our fan art. It won't be people. It won't be people drawing us. It'll be people drawing the the fan fiction we we fucking outline for them. Yes. <laughs> oh God. I fucking love I fucking love this show. That that uh, should be so, our first best of co like compilation. Like we just go Every in. time we talk about our fucking yeah. Super Hot Wars <laughs> ideas. <laughs> oh, so um they they end up so uh Okita's like, Hey Yuki, you're the environmental officer and she's like, I, I I guess I am, that's what you said I was, but I haven't done anything like relating to that before. Anoki does like you and Analyzer, go down to the planet because we were just stuck in that we're in the fucking storm for so long. 
that we're low on food, and it seems that there this planet has like a ton of vegetation, so maybe you can get some vegetables that we can like Eat. replicate. I think something like that. And, like so, just so we can pick up food, yeah. and they, and there she's flying one of the cosmo jets, and analyzer's just like I have something to ask, and she's like, "What?" And he's like, "Will you marry me?" And she's like so taken aback by that that she crashes the jet. <laughs> I mean, and I can't blame her because I would too. <laughs> yeah, just Christ, yeah. And they get captured by bee people. Beeple. What, what, you you fucking love this episode. At least you like you wish this. You wish the bee episode was different than the analyzer episode. I like really, these are two separate ones. I really wanted the bees to have their own fucking episode. They're so good because this is the, instead this of just being. Do you think that was like they compressed two episodes together? May no, I I think it was intentional. I just think that, that was the B plot. The the B plot. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld is spinning around in a fucking office chair, screeching. Oh Christ! The B plot. By all known lo- by all known laws of aviation. By all known laws of aviation, it makes no scientific sense that a bee could fly, and then it just the it's. <laughs> The, the B script, the B movie script. Anyway. God damn it. Um. So, fucking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like it because it, it's, it's. You know, we we do get those episodes sometimes with these sorts of with these sorts of uh, sci-fi shows about like you know uh, galactic dictators of just like they they crash land on a planet that like, where it has already been colonized and there's clearly dissent and there's clearly their own culture, but they are like run roughshod by big scary space Nazis. Um, but this is, this is the most like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just different. Like they don't, I'm pretty sure they don't, they don't speak their language, right? No, they kind of just make like, screech noises yeah they so they like they you know they they've been they've been colonized but it's extremely like hands off essentially i'm not even sure how well how well aware they are of because like the because like there's that one uh, girl that one female one that one female bee that she was the queen oh right yeah she was in on it so she 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 had like picked up a little bit of like gamalution aka english aka japanese uh or i guess earth language aka japanese sci- language in sci-fi is weird so, um, so she, but even then it's broken. Like, so she still is like, she only knows just enough to communicate with them. And that gives her a seat, a, an even bigger seat of power than she already has. But it's like, um, I don't know. It's just like, it, it was very raw. It was raw. It was raw and real and like real in just a slightly realer way mm. than, than I normally see in these types of episodes from these types of sci-fi This one felt shows. the most Star Trek. I felt the most, but like honestly, like I feel like even in Star Trek, they would just go like, "Oh, everybody's speaking English. Fuck that. I can't afford to hire a Conlang guy." <laughs> like, um, I just meant in terms of like premise and like. Oh yeah, the oh, premise. Oh yeah, a lot of these episodes are like Star Trek premise, and it's great. Um, like this would be like Spock and like uh, the lady <laughs> crash landing. Yeah. Imagine if Spock was horny. <laughs> No. no. Well, only during only during certain times of the year. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Where he starts freaking out, and he has to. Hey, look, it, it is like yeah. He has to. He has to fight Kirk. It's just listen. <laughs> it's the same. Um, but yeah, so like, 
they're, so like they're they're captured because they assume they assume that Yuki is a game is a is a game Lucian because they're the only other life form that they've ever seen and they look very similar and they are very similar. Um, and while they're waiting to be rescued, there's just a fucking revolt happening. Literally, just like a peasant revolt, or it's, it's just like it's just like a fucking grassroots, just like fucking regular the citizens are the ones getting who captured spears Yuki and shit. They're the ones who captured Yuki and uh, yeah, 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 because they use them as leverage. They thought they were game illusions, so they use them as leverage. They take them hostage, and they're like, "Yeah, we we got them." And it's like it didn't really, it didn't work out. Uh... Because the game illusions, what they want is the uh, the the royal jelly. Apparently, is like a it's, it's like a stimulant where it like it makes you like ultra energized and aware. Uh, yeah, it's 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 spice. Um, it, it's it's the spice melange. <laughs> Um, the jelly melange. So, I Dune is great. It's the the revolt is night, and then like, and then like the, the the Yamato shows up almost just kind of like after everything's already fucking happened, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like how the Yamato just kind of shows up. Like we haven't heard from them in like a while. <laughs> and then they go down there and see everything's on fire, and they're just like, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> <laughs> they're fighting they're like who the what there's fucking bee people what's going on here someone's just like, like let's just get out of here they're literally just like okay fuck all this we just need to leave <laughs> this isn't our problem because well, i think what i think that's like i think kodai is the one who says it he's just like wait like we shouldn't we be s- we shouldn't be here yeah he's like we should we shouldn't be here oh no and then somebody throws a pot someone throws a coconut cream pie right in his fucking face <laughs> and he's yanked well, off he- stage by a big hook He's just like, wait, we have no right to really be here because it's like if we start taking the food from them, we're no better than the gam than the gam illusions. Yes, it's very good. And so they just kind of leave, like, love, and, and love. The, I think the queen gets fucking beheaded or something. Cool, beheaded. Ha! <laughs> uh, love to see, love to see explicit, just like very basic, bare bones anti colonial rhetoric in my fucking anime. So then episode 17 was, uh, the one with the, uh, I forgot what it was called. It was the big, um, dinosaur thing. Um, the one made up of the tiny things? Like, the tiny things that morphed into big ones? The important thing that happened on this one, though, is that this is the first time that, um, that Okita really starts, like, he, like, he passes out. Yeah. Like, they're waiting for orders from him, and he just, like, loses consciousness, because he, and, like, like, uh, because I think Kodai makes a, makes a move without his permission, Okita's permission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Okita's like, what the fuck, why are you disobeying me? And he's just like, he was like, because that's what saved the ship. He's like, no, you gotta follow orders, and he, like, falls over, because he's, like, trying to overcompensate for his, like, essentially the fact that he's dying. Yeah. Where he's like, he's trying to like flex and be like, no, I'm not weak. I can still be the captain. But, uh, and then Sato's all like, this is when Sato starts actually being like serious. And he's like, no, 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 no. You gotta like, you gotta rest. So this is the first time that Kodai really starts like taking command. Which is good because he's at the point in his arc where he's mature enough to do this. Like, episode one Kodai would have just been like, fucking screaming idiot. Um, but that's when they they but uh, episode the next episode 
the next episode is the is, an, is my favorite one, which was the Magnetron Wave. Oh, fuck. oh yes, is that, yes, 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 yes. Where um, they're kind of unable to move, like they're they're trapped. Like the Yamato just can't move; it's stuck in space. And there's this like big ass space station that you know anything that's like too big they can't move, but like a single jet can get in there and maybe disable it. So uh, Sanada and Kodai go to investigate. And they find this huge, huge, gigantic um, computer in the middle, uh, which is kind of like, or kind of reminded me a little bit of like Revenge of Cooler, <laughs> that one Dragon Ball Z movie right. with like the fucking yeah, the the big Getty star. Yeah, they probably took that from Yamato, honestly. <laughs> ah, God. But um. Kasanada's like, I'm gonna go try to deactivate this computer, but then he gets stuck in it. <laughs> Whoops. And Kodai's like, he's like, Kodai, cut my limbs off. And Kodai's like, what the fuck, what dude? No. And like, honestly, and, and up until that point, like, we we get we get like a slow burn of like, like it's Sanada's in like a weird fucking mood for this whole mission, and I picked up on it immediately, and I'm like, what's this guy like up to? And you just you just kind of find out that like. He's sort of here because he just like not, not not necessarily expects to die, but like he went on a he went on an extremely dangerous mission because he just no longer feels like like he's just like no nah, being alive. I'm I'm ready. I'm if it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. So let me try to do something. Let me try to do something like with my life because if if this is where I die, then that's fine. So like and like the, he's they, they try to they try to chit chat. And then out of no, like, apropos of nothing, Sanada will just, like, drop a random, like, sad fact about his life to Kaido. <laughs> or, just, like, or just, like, man, I always wanted to do this with my life back on Earth, you know? Like, I, 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 I like, just, like, and then, I don't think, uh, I don't think, like, he picks up on it, but I am watching this going, like, uh, yeah, dog, that's a weird thing to just kind of fucking say. Are you okay? Is, do you need to talk about I think about Kodai's something? too focused on the mission, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> And then and then they get to the they get to the core they get to the core computer and like Sonic doesn't mean they just like fucking cut my limbs off that's the only way and he's like what are you fucking talking about <laughs> what are you talking about dude but uh, I like, think no. like okay you know what he says I think what he actually says is I don't even have a knife first of all it's like <laughs> first of all no second of all no because I can't <laughs> oh man and then he he uh. He 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 fucking reveals that he is a uh, he is an amputee. Um, yeah, he's a quadriplegic amputee. Yeah. Where when he was a kid, he got into like some sort of accident at like an amusement park. I think. Yeah, he went because um, it was it was some sort of like it looked to me like what if like what if go karts were on monorail tracks. Nothing bad could ever happen. Um, and apparently he was too young to be driving around in him anyway. And he crashed, and his sister died, and he lost all of his limbs. Uh, and that wasn't fun for him. It wasn't. So for the, for the, and then he eventually like got super into science and befriended Mamoru Kodai, Kodai's brother. Um, and he was like the head starship maintenance guy for like earth i guess or at least at least japan 
Yeah. Well, didn't he say like he he got into science because he like hated it or something? Like, yeah. <laughs> like I I got into science and I because I fucking hate science because <laughs> it couldn't save my sister. He's like, <laughs> well, now we know the tragic backstory of the Futurama whale biologist. <laughs> It's really funny. <laughs> God. And then so like, and then so like, like Kodai's just carrying, carrying this, this fucking, this fucking dude with like his, his sleeves now all like blowing in the fucking wind. <laughs> just sets him down like fucking, it's, it's a lot. They, like, they do treat it with like, they do treat it with reverence. I don't want to make it seem like I'm making light of him in any way. It's a great, um, this is my favorite episode. It's a really fucking good episode, and and he's literally just like, um, all right, uh, you can go, but I need to be here to detonate it, and 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 like Kodai's just like, oh, buddy, we just did this. I don't want to let you die, like, and he's like, no, don't, no, my my limb. All, oh, by the way, all my artificial limbs are bombs. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. I love this episode so much. So either yeah, so either he had enough, either he had enough forethought to to assume what the, how this mission was gonna go, and 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 like Jerry rig his arms into bombs, or he, this motherfucker's walking around like one of these fucking days, <laughs> one of these fucking days. I'm gonna be in a situation. I don't know where. I don't know when. But I want to be ready. Uh, Doc, do you think? Do you think it's like the most extreme version of like a cyanide capsule in your tooth, where he's just like, so if, if I get captured by the gamma illusions and they and I assume they're gonna torture me, I can just blow myself up you and all what? of them. That's probably exactly what it fucking is, and that's metal as hell. Um, <laughs> and then so he's just like, and he is metal as hell throughout this whole fucking episode. Like I'm he, sad. Sonata like quickly became like, huh? He's not really doing much to like. Wow, Sonata's fucking Sonata fucking rules. He's doing the most, and then he's just like, no, don't worry. This this still isn't me wanting to die. You haven't seen the half of me wanting to die, Kai, uh, fucking Kotai. He's just like, just strap me, like strap me to this to this to this thing right here. Put me in this closed off fucking like tube hole. And then hopefully the explosion won't burst through it, and it'll protect me enough for you to come get me after it explodes. And this episode rules. And it happened, and it worked. So Kodai then, uh, yeah, he just he he like does like a, a loop around and sees just. He's like, where's Sonata? And like, it, it, it like kind of like zooms out. And you think it's just his corpse, and then he looks, and Sonata's like kind of like grinning, like, "Ha ha, I did it, fucker!" Gotcha. And it's uh, that was great. If once again, if you're only gonna watch a couple of these, eighteen. That's another one, yeah. So we got what ten? Uh, the first three, ten and eighteen. No, what's the what's the POW one? Uh, that's thirteen, I think. So, yeah. That's twelve or thirteen. That's that's thirteen. So eleven, eleven. 10, 11, 10, oh, yeah, 10, 13, 18. <laughs> and the first three are pretty mandatory, so that, that's like a good pilot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next one is where uh, minor character Ihara gets the fucking space craziness. Oh, yeah, was that the, was that the, was that after this? You know what? I yeah. Th I think it was. I think it just took me two weeks to watch it. <laughs> So, uh, 
Ihara, who's kind of just one of the... Like, there's characters like Ihara, Kato, and Nanbu who are all just kind of, like... They have names, but they're, like, they have less character than even, like, Jonjob or Jolliver or Moera. Yeah. Apparently, this they, they're, they're in all the other Yamato shows, and maybe they get more to do in later ones. Um, but so this dude, like... At first, he just seems really fucking stir-crazy. Um, and so he's like... What was that one... Star Trek The Next Generation character who gets, like, obsessed with holodecks. Do you know what guy I'm talking about? He, he was in one episode, but the whole fucking episode was about him. I, I do not remember. Ah, oh, fuck. Anyway. Um, he comes back in some later episode. I don't fucking know. But, um, so this, so Yuki's, like, fucking, like, oh, you should, you, well, no, he goes to Dr. Sato. Uh, and Dr. Sato's like, you need to go relax, go to our fucking prototype fucking movie projector-ass holodeck. Um, and Yuki's like, oh, where do you want to be? And, like, he's like, I want to go home. Like, show me home. And it's, like, this this beautiful fucking, like, snowy, like, what was it, like, fishing village or some shit like that? It looks like, it looks like northern Japan, like Hokkaido. And he's like super pumped and he's like feeling better but then he sees his mom who i don't know why is programmed in this fucking simulation <laughs> I, I like to think that it was being projected from like his mind oh because okay. he said i want it like that was how i took it where it's like oh it's like it's like getting information from his mind and like projecting it around him right um so maybe it's like to an outside viewer it wouldn't look like much it would be a lot more vague but his mind is filling in the blanks or something yeah, maybe. Because it definitely starts out just kind of being like a projection on the wall he's up against. Um, and then he just, he himself just sort of takes that plunge. Um, and and then he just he just starts weeping because it's all fake. Uh, which honestly, I was thinking at the time, I'm just like, you know, if I was in his situation and I was feeling super homesick, the last thing I would want is a reminder of every fucking thing I miss. Like... But that's just me. Um, and so he just gets worse. He's just like, he's just like weeping over his mother's hologram. Um, and the simulation gets cut and Yuki's, Yuki's like, Yuki's like really confused. Like, why would this make someone upset? I don't understand. Uh, <laughs> do you feel better now? Are you good? <laughs> Did I do Koda, a good job? Kodai, you haven't called your family yet, you know? Your family? You haven't called them yet, Kodai. Oh, God. <laughs> oh man um and so i honestly kind of forget the middle it's just kind of him running around being like hey well because he starts he starts like freaking out like hey guys what if we even we're not even what we should turn around and they're like i what the fuck are you talking about he's like we, we should turn around because shit on earth could be really bad there's like riots and stuff and they're like how do you know what's going on on earth we haven't we haven't authorized transmissions to earth in like forever and he's like, um, you know, it could be, I, I'm just saying that could, it's whatever. Um, and you know, that, that God, I fucking, I'll get into it. Uh, but so yeah, I, I, I do appreciate that. Like, it, it's just him running around going like, Hey, you, you know, this dangerous, dangerous mission we're on. What if we don't succeed? And then everybody just kind of makes the shocked Pikachu face. Like, 
It's like, like, bruh, we know. Everyone fucking, yeah, dog, do you, like, don't do one of those, this isn't what I signed up for things. This is what you signed up for, asshole. Like, you're bumming everyone out. Um, but he has been making calls to Earth. Yes. Where his dad is, his dad dies. In front of him. In front of him. Uh, from the radiation poisoning, and apparently, like, uh, well, no, because it's, it's, he got caught up in a riot. Yeah, because early on, you, I actually kind of like maybe it was a little bit of foreshadowing because at the parade, when like they're all marching onto the Amato, uh, there was people out there like, "Hey, you guys are just cowards! You're running away from the Earth!" And people, and then another person like punches him and says, "Like, no, there are only hope." So it's kind of like that just got worse. Yeah, that tracks. Because um, like people are freaking out about like ever, it's a. Earth's undergoing an apocalypse, and they just have to sit there and wait and hope that their friends and family who went on the Amato are going to make it back in time. It probably, it was, it, like, it, t- it gave off, like, late Devil Man me, late Devil Man vibes for me, of just, like, everybody's fucked, but they still have to pretend to live in a society. Yeah, everything's just, like, it, it's like, it's like the first Mad Max movie, everyone's still pretending that society exists. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. As opposed to the reality in 2020 where everyone is all equally pretending that society exists. Uh, anyway. Ha <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, So then eventually Ihar is just like, I, I, I gotta get out of here. I gotta go. And he, like, steals a Cosmo jet and flies away and then realizes, like, wait, I'm, I'm being a dick. <laughs> Doesn't he? Well, wait, I thought he... Didn't he fucking just, like, go out in a spacesuit? Yeah, that's what it was. He didn't even have his jet. He just jumped out of the thing in his fucking spacesuit. And you know what? You know what? I was actually really... I was ready for the episode to end there of them just being like, what happened? And they just look out the window. He's just like, he's just like, I'm coming, Earth. I'm coming. And it's just like, it just ends with him swimming through the void of space. It's just like, yeah, he he definitely for sure died out there. Uh, space, space is fucked up place. Um, but then he fucking bumps into a fucking gamelous, uh, relay transmitter. And he's like, Yeah, he does! Fuck, this is how I've been able to communicate with Earth. And then it, like, cuts to Dommel. Well, I think we get this before he finds it. We already get the explanation of what it is. But, like, Dommel at one point is just like, Huh, you see, okay, this is what I realized who Dommel was. Dommel is fucking, like... Dommel is Saturday morning cartoon Thrawn. <laughs> it's also blue! Yeah, because Dommel's literally like, like, like huh. <laughs> I love it! I've attached, oh my god, you're right! I've attached a relay satellite to the Yamato so they can communicate with Earth better, and Gale's like, why would you do that? That seems helpful for them. And he's like, no, you see, when they can talk fuck. to Earth more, they'll realize how bad it is there, and they'll feel bad, and that will make them fuck up. And then I'll get them when they fuck up for being so emotional. <laughs> do you think Timothy's on? Oh! <gasps> Watch Star Blazers. Yo! I feel like I could... I, I feel like he's the kind of guy I could email. And he'll get back yeah, to email me. T- just fucking, fucking just add him on Twitter or something. I'm sure Timothy Zahn is on Twitter. Oh my god. That would be so good. Because he... Look, unfor- it is a gamble, though. Because it's either going to be yes or... How fucking dare you compare my my writing to this fucking cartoon? 
No, but but Dom all fucking rules. <laughs> and that's what I'll reply, I mean, sure, and would... he won't answer me back. <laughs> He'll mark Left me as spam. Red. He has a blue check. I, I don't think Timmy Thassad has a fucking blue check mark. That'd be fucked up. Dis- Disney should give all their people check marks. They have that power. Are you now checking to see if Timothy Zahn has a check mark? Um, I don't even. Know. I I will. I don't know if he's on Twitter. <laughs> oh no, he's not. Yeah, no, he's not. I mean, smart. Good job. Yeah. He's he's sick. He's sixty eight years old. He doesn't need to be on Twitter. There's nothing for. There's nothing for him there. There's nothing for he me created... there. There's nothing. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah, so then I think that's when Kodai uh, rescues him in a Cosmo jet. Yeah, he just picks his stupid ass up like, hey, fucking... What are you Idiot. <laughs> Kodai would just straight up do that. Just call him a dummy. And it, I, Oh yeah, he also lets... He's like, hey, Ihar, I want, do you want to blow it up? <laughs> <laughs> well, that... It's like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like patting him on the back like a child who just scraped his knee. Just like, just like, do you want to, bl- would you like to blow up the Gamla satellite? Would that make you feel better? Uh-huh. <laughs> That's totally what it is. Ah, I love it. The show is great. Um, the next one was lit. That was the one with the artificial sun. Yeah, that was the best. Ba- oh, my God. I was watching. I was watching it. I was. <laughs> oh, my God. It was so fuck wild. And honestly, like, fucking Kodai galaxy-braining, fucking... Yeah, dude, Kodai, that, that, I, I like Kodai a lot. Kodai, Kodai really has a distinct character arc, and, like, and again, because the pace is so swift, you really do see it happen right before your eyes, of just, like, Kodai's, like, growing. Um, it's really nice to see, um... Especially, it's it's nice to see in something that, like, when you, when I look at images of Yamato and consider what Yamato is without knowing anything about it, I picture, like, I picture, like, 90 episodes of filler. Like, you know, it, it, it could have been that show in a different world. The epi- it could have been, like, 360 episodes of every day of their voyage. Yeah, which, mm-hmm, mm, no. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of some super artsy way, and there's just nothing. I don't... Hmm. Maybe, like... The episode where nothing ha- There's, like, many episodes where nothing happens. It's just about, like, awkward conversations that people have with each other. Maybe, like, this okay, turns into the you office. go cross-media synergy, and you have, like, a... Do you have, like... Like a guidebook, like a like someone's someone's diary of just like every like like cap a captain's log. Like, what if Okita just like made a note of like every single day, and you just got a whole. I lot mean, of, that, like, I'm sure filler. that's actually out because there's a tons of like fucking Yamato books written by Ano. <laughs> <laughs> probably Ano has probably figured out. Ano has probably weaved the grandest tapestry in his head of like I know exactly what happened every single day of their journey. Apparently, Ano convinced his father to buy him a uh, a uh, voice like a tape recorder, mm-hmm. uh, so that he could practice his English. Aww. But uh, ended up using it to record episodes of Yamato, so he could listen to them over and over again. Yeah, good job. He's such a fucking nerd. Love him. I mean, there's a reason he's called like the King Otaku. Yeah, he really is. He I- he is the. <laughs> He he is the big he is the biggest anime. He's that gun show comic. Like, I I I feel like you have this idea of like you know Virgin Chad, where it's just like oh like 
being being an otaku is the most virgin thing you can do, but like you can be such an otaku that it loops back around to being a Chad thing. Yeah, absolutely. And that's Ano. <laughs> I am the big anime fan. Behold my vast of collection mine, uh... of bootleg anime, subbed and dubbed for all tastes. Subbed and dubbed for all tastes. <laughs> uh, can you imagine quarantine at the Auto household? Fucking no. Uh, Moyoko, his wife, posted something on Twitter that was just a. I, I gotta send it to you. I might like, cut Please. this, but it was really cute, so I gotta. I gotta fucking. Because it was for the, uh. It was for the Ultra Man, like, 60th anniversary or something. Mm hmm. Like, uh. Scrolling through this Discord. Anytime somebody joins our, our Kill the Past Discord, I've given I've spread the Gundam virus to everybody. Good, yes. And so now I'm just like, uh, fucking my friend Sayakon sent me this and said this is just me. Hmm. <laughs> just auto for blue places. Yeah, honestly, that that's me too. Like one of my one of my one of my uh, social media like mutual like acquaintances like they. They were just like, they were like, you know, they, they, they asked the question that everybody asks that they know is going to be a fucking, a fucking bonanza in their replies of like, so what's the best anime to start with? Uh, what? Double 79. Yeah. Yeah. What's, <laughs> yeah. What's the best Gundam to start with? And like, everybody else was just like, everybody else was just like, you know, like, uh, fucking wing double O double O. Well, no, actually like nobody said wing. I think, I think, um, I think we, T time has moved past wing uh i think it's like good uh, and i honestly i think double o as well a lot of people are getting a lot of people saying ibo a lot of people uh gotten have gotten to gundam these days with ibo um just because it was it was like the newest thing that didn't require like a back knowledge of anything. yeah it was the newest au that's self-contained and um and is good uh but um and then some people said uh oh team um that's austin walker's go-to response um, I disagree. Then, but then I I just ended up making like a because I'm me. I wrote like multiple. I I wrote them like a multiple post reply, and I was just like, I hope they don't think this is fucking annoying. But I, like knowing them, I'm like, no, they're the kind of person who would probably actually appreciate if I broke. Because this is what I did. I get okay. You could start with this. You could start with this for this reason. If you like this, you'll prefer this. And if you like this, like this. But then I basically told them like, look though, just watch the movie trilogy. Not only will it give you a baseline knowledge of of not only will it give you a baseline knowledge that you can then use to watch literally anything you want after that in terms of the Universal Century, but it also just establishes the core themes of the entire franchise. Like even if like you know, th there's Haros, there's Chars, there's fucking space colonies and like all of this shit. Like it's and also the show is really good too. So if you like that and want more of it, watch the show. Yeah, 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 for sure. But uh, you know, just as a, in terms of like a prepper, in terms of like you know, if you want to figure out what Gundam you like, the best place to start is the first one because then you can just move forward from there. You can just like pick pick it whatever. It doesn't fucking matter. You want to watch Zeta? You want to watch Charles Counterattack? Fucking do it. You want to watch whatever you want to watch. You can probably even watch. I would I would I would incentivize production order or chronological order. Of course, of course, you always would. Yeah, but which... like you know, some people don't care. Some people don't give a shit. Uh, and that's and you know, uh, I think Sunrise does a good job of 
meeting people in the middle of just like here's some you know just because it, it's such a classic you it, it's like you know uh we've superhero movies have almost stopped giving have pretty much stopped reshooting batman and spider-man's origin stories and they're just presuming that you know and moving forward from there um and that's pretty much what sunrise does with 0087 like you don't need to, we don't need to tell you who amro and char are you understand you know the basic strokes of the one-year war even if you didn't fucking watch it uh the artificial sun where so in this one I let me fucking pull up my notes again. So they they approach they finally get to Balon, which is the halfway point between uh to half their journey is halfway complete. And I think this is where they really started have, having the crunch episodes. Because mm-hmm. there's only six left after this one. Whoa. I just heard, I heard that lightning. Yeah, big. There's a big storm happening in Texas. We're on the outskirts of it, but where there's big thunder. Hmm? I was just telling Devin about the thunder. Yeah, it's, it's flooding now. Oh, okay, yeah. Luckily, we're not in a part of town that's bad for that, right? It's closer to this side. Oh, where? I just looked. I just looked on my phone. I just looked at the news, saying it's it's moving towards us. Oh, great. It's tornado warning, so you know. Well. We're gonna die. See, I'm used to being in the East Coast where where any kind of uh, storm usually makes the effort to specifically avoid us, <laughs> avoid the mid-Atlantic, <laughs> like the plague. Weather hates the mid-Atlantic. They hate Louisiana, Texas, anything. I was salty when I was a kid because I would watch on the Weather Channel the snowstorm just kind of dip into the side and avoiding my whole county. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> And then my grandmother, my grandma would be like, you can just not go to school. And I'd be like, no, grandma, I gotta get my education. But if, if nature tells me not to, I'll be, I'll, I'll, I'll be fine. My mom would just tell me unless I was bleeding or dying, I had to go to school. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, boy. Anyway, this is Kodai realizing that the sun's artificial. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For those for those of you at home, Tooch just sent me a, uh, the scene from Stardust Crusaders where Jotaro realizes the 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 sun. The episode. sun is artificial. That the sun is artificial. <laughs> but not only that, that a man is literally hiding under a blanket and sh- to kill them with like a mirror. <laughs> it's the dumbest fucking <laughs> part of Stardust Crusaders. It's so dumb that Jotaro laughs. <laughs> Uh, essentially, Kodai man- realizes, because of, you know, the big monster thing they fought earlier was from Balon, it had really tiny eyes. Yes. And all the, like, plant life looked in a way that, like, the planet usually wouldn't have a sun this close to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ba- and, yeah, basically uh, everything, like, it, no, it, it didn't even, like, necessarily have... Yeah, it didn't get any sunlight. It was like a dark planet normally, so everything lived underground or like just couldn't see. And so they had yeah, because he he noticed that the plant life, the plant life, just the way that it looked, it's like well, it's getting all of its energy and heat from like the inside of the Earth. So it's like, why the fuck is there a sun here? And they blow it up with a wave motion cannon. Yep. But this 
this is the fucking end of the, this is the beginning of the end of the Dobell yeah, arc because this is this was the he, crowning moment this was the because like this is when I was watching I was explaining this to my friends and they were just like wow as I was watching it in a discord call so like Dommel's galaxy brain plan is to fucking okay so like look I think Do, like Dommel's on the right track like Dommel like in terms of what Dommel and Gamelus's goals are Dommel did nothing wrong 2020 fucking he said to himself like look the Yamato like the Yamato gets out of every situation we try to put them in, so like we, this, we have to fucking try everything. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking crush the Yamato with the artificial sun, taking this base out in the process. But that's the only fucking way to get rid of the Yamato. And then Gale fucking snitches. <laughs> Gale fucking tattles like on him fucking, and calls Tesla. And then. T- <laughs> My favorite part was like my favorite part was the phone call. Dessler just calls him up. Dessler FaceTimes him. It's just like, "Hey, you know that thing you're doing right now? Don't fucking do that. Don't blow up my base. You're not allowed to blow up my base, okay? Bye. Click." And Dommel's just pissed. And then not only <laughs> and then not only so not only is Dommel ordered to make the sun back off, but then Yamato proceeds to blow up the sun, and the I'm excuse me, and the the fucking the fragments <laughs> of it destroy the base anyway. It's fucking glorious. Uh, and Donald's just like, yep. Donald is so mad he needs to be drawn by Casey Green. Oh my god. I would love if Casey Green just out of nowhere got into Showa era fucking Japanese <laughs> TV television and just made a whole bunch of kooky looking fan art of shit. That would be my dream. I should just try to emulate his style and just draw some Yamato people. It would it could look cute. <laughs> You'd just be like, this is a be- better character design for the Yamato remake. I, I wonder if I can commission. I oh dog. Okay, I'm gonna after uh, remind me after the recording. I don't want to derail this any further. You have a lot to edit out already. But I want to fucking, I want to go on his Patreon and see if I can do a commission tier. Uh, I want to commission him to draw Analyzer. (laughs) I want to commission Casey Green to draw Analyzer. And if I don't end up doing it, I hope someone else does. (laughs) Alright. Tooch, Tooch, why do you have so much fucking art and merchandise for this weird little red robot? Is this your favorite character? You hate. No, I fucking hate him. He's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Look at my shrine to him. <laughs> I can't believe... Oh my god. Everybody. She's Sundere for analyzing. No! Cold on your shit. Look, I'm not saying... I'm not saying it would validate my gender if he groped me. But... No. <laughs> no, we're moving on. Fuck that. Fuck uh, <laughs> So the next, um, so I'm I'm watching this, and I'm and this is this was literally last. This was literally two nights ago. Was it? No. Was it last night? It was last night. Because we got the dope ass two parter next. Um. So I'm I'm trying to get through it, but I had to pause. I had to pause every now and again to explain outlandish shit to my friends. And then so not so we we smash so I smash cut from the, that horse shit to fucking Donald getting court martialed for shit that he didn't do. 
Well, before that, uh, Kodai gets officially promoted to to deputy captain. Oh yes, yes, yes. You're right. There's there's a big moment where Okita. Uh, I you're right. I don't want to pass over this. Um, like because Okita is like you you you've proved yourself. You prove yourself. You've proved yourself. I'm you galaxy brain and save the Yamato. I'm dying. Uh, <laughs> like I'm not gonna shit you. I am dying of of space. I am. <laughs> River Amaro's dad. I'm that, but worse. God. Don't worry, though. I'm not gonna fall down any fucking stairs. Um. Uh. I made a post yesterday about how uh, anytime people who are super into computer parts like show off their like cool like new like graphics card or like coolant system or whatever, it just reminds me of fucking Tem Ray sh like excitedly pushing this piece of junk in front of Amro, like, look at this amazing thing, and I'm just like... Sca- it's gonna make the Gundam even better! Yeah, and I'm just like, I'm just like Amro, just like really scared and confused, like, uh. <laughs> It's perfect. So, um, yeah, the next episode uh, is a two-parter, uh, Challenge of the Rainbow Galaxy and Battle of the Rainbow Galaxy. Fair. At least those are the episode names in Star Blazers, because I was referencing from the, the Star Blazers site that's, when I was writing this down good, It's good titles, that's what happened. They're essentially just simplified versions. Like, it was like, Battle of Great Honor, the final battle of the Rainbow Galaxy is, like, the Japanese version. Yeah, that's definitely the diff- the, the, the difference between- the difference between Western titles and Japanese titles is length and not much else. Yeah. Uh, and spoilers. Fucking just, like- I keep thinking, it's like, uh, the, the original Funimation dub would have- or the, the Ocean Group dub of Dragon Ball Z would just have shit like fucking, like, Goku versus Frieza. And then it would be, like, fucking, like, the, the actual Japanese style would be, like, like, Goku dies, Namek finally explodes in 12 minutes. <laughs> like, fucking just- oh, okay, this is the fucking TV Guide it summary. It would be, like, Goku and Frieza, final death match, 12 minutes to explosions! Yeah. <laughs> It would be something like that. So, Dobell's getting court-martialed for fucking he- for fucking Gale's shit. Like, to honestly, like, this this made me, like, this made me love Domo even more of just, like, because that's what, because he, he was saying what I was saying. Like, I was sitting there going, like, fucking, yeah, Domo, you tell him, because he was, like, he literally says the thing. He's, like, if, if, if you guys didn't stop me, we would have still lost the base, but we would have also would have destroyed the Yamato, which is more fucking important. And everyone is just being a big buff clan about it and being, like, no, fuck you, you made us look bad. Like, you're too... Dommel, your plan, your whole issue is you're too good of a soldier and not a good enough fascist. Ah, it's true. Ew. Sorry, Gail's a better fascist than you are. Um, you're too good at war. Jesus Christ. But uh, this episode is pretty much like all set up for the second mm-hmm. one. Oh, I I do need to this, this one. This aside isn't important, but I still need to explain to you how because like I. It's it's one of those buck wild sci-fi bullshit things, like especially with you telling me how harrowing and tight the budget and production schedule were. They still found time to do this little sequence, so they he gets tried. Uh, the the bald second in command guy for for fucking uh Desler. Hisui. I'm sorry. Or Hisu. 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 H i s u. Hisu. <clears throat> like Hisu. Like fucking goes to Dessler to tell him the news and Dessler's just like in like a normal fucking sized room and he's on the other side of it and he's just like he's got like I've come to tell you the results of the trial and he's like hmm tell me and he has a scroll and he takes the scroll and he puts it up to a little like lamp table 
The lamp table then proceeds to spit out weird red sea anemone tendrils, grabs it, grabs the fucking scroll, and then scoots like a Roomba all the way over like three fucking yards to the other side of the room where <laughs> Dessler is just sitting. Dessler waits for the table to like lift up and hand him the scroll, and before he can even open the scroll, he's just like, "We tried him. He's it's death. We're executing him." Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? I think that. Fuck? <laughs> no, that's that's the perfect summary of De- of Dessler as a character. He was like. I am I am your I am I am the Lord I am Lord Dessler. I don't you don't hand me things. I have a whole contraption to do this. And then he sees this guy impatient has told him. I love it so much. Okay, and then what Where he was like because Dessler designed that thing. Yeah. Yeah. He, it's called it's called the Dessler delivery system or something like that. It has his name in it. God. Oh yeah, that that was the other thing with those with the Dessler bombs that I forgot to bring up. Like after they failed, the dude who came up with them was killed specifically because, like, you named these after me and they fucking suck. So, oh my god, so, the show is great. So he asks him, like, okay, so we're we're executing him. That's the that's the order that you have to sign in order to do it. And Dessler's like, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him one last shot at this because he's soups. He's such a good war boy, and he has a hate boner for the Yamato that rivals my own. He's such a good war boy. Honestly, I well, feel like I that would be. But that's if if they went ahead with the Domol, uh, like uprising like coup uh subplot i think that would end up being a fucking love a hate triangle between (laughs) dessler and domel and it would have been gale that would have been gale it would have been yeah gale would have had his own coup because dessler would have been out of the picture oh oh and so while while they're dealing with domel gale would have been like now i will become the lord of the gamel of the gamelusians oh that's much less interesting i want domel to try um, Maybe when we do a better remake of Yamato. Hell yeah. It'll be after uh, Redeon and the Votoms remake. Yes. No, Votom doesn't need a remake. It's perfect. That's, don't don't remake Votoms. That's very true. Um, we, we, we Remake Edeon. Don't remake Votoms. And don't even remake Edeon. Make it like a weird rebuild thing. Yes, absolutely. Um, so... Like, Dommel is basically like, uh, squad up. And yeah, that's that's pretty much the remainder of that episode is him like getting his forces together for the battle that happens in the next episode. The fucking he he assembles the fucking Power Ranger team of a bunch of flagships in the military from like one from one color coded from each planet. According to the notes in episode twenty two, Battle of the Rainbow Galaxy, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the animation team studied like uh, movies like the Battle of Britain and stuff like that. Oh wow! Like World War Two movies and like tried to and apparently the that episode was like the most brutal one to do oof because it was like that has such like in-depth like space combat and like fighter jets and everything absolutely no yeah i can i I could tell they were they were gearing up for all the for all the big shit and uh that essentially not to go like play by play with the battle like essentially uh Dommel has uh, fires a big drill missile straight into the like barrel of the wave motion cannon, which Sonata and Analyzer have to like climb into to deactivate while they're getting like pelted and attacked from like all angles. Like tons of on-screen Yamato crew member casualties. Yeah, it was it was really fucking rough, and 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 it was just like it it was such a buckwild concept of just like Dommel just being like hmm. 
What if I just plugged up the fucking Yamato's big gun? (laughs) Um, It worked! It really fucking did. Uh, Oh, well, no, but then it proceeded to just, like, spit it back out at them. And then blow up, blow up, blow up the ship, blow up one ship, and then it caused a chain reaction that blew up every ship. Which, uh, the end of this episode was fantastic. This is another of, like, the essential ones. Yes, absolutely. Um. I would honestly, at this point, watch every fucking Dommel episode. Yeah, every episode with Dommel in it. It's great. Um, they, like, uh, Dommel's very much like, I've been defeated. And he, uh, Okita calls him and is like, listen, man, we gotta, we gotta get to Iskandar. I'm not gonna fuck with you. He's like, we're fighting for Earth. Just let's, let's, no one else has to die. Let's just. Because like what happens is like Dommel attaches his little flying saucer ship to the bottom of the Yamato and clamps on there with like multiple different kinds of like, like clamping devices to ensure that there's no like last minute plan to get him off and he's like he call I think he calls Okita and is like oh, yeah he calls Okita and he's like okay. and he's like you fucking rule you're a super good captain like doing doing war with you was great it, it was like it was respect it felt this felt like a scene out of Galactic Heroes yeah yeah much. really big and then and then yeah he does what you said Okita was like Okita's like I'm gonna level with you like like person like not like not fuck this war person to person I, like, we really want to fucking save the Earth, and we're clearly going to do everything in our power to do that, and, like, Dommel's just like, I have to do everything in my power to stop you, because, like, that's just what we're doing here. Um, and as we learn very quickly in the next couple episodes, in the next two episodes, he's like, I'm fighting for my planet, too. Yeah. Like, we're we're fighting for the same reason. And then he blows up the ship. The shit I love, though, is he says glory to Gamelus and Earth. Yes, 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 yes. He goes, like, glory to Gamelus and Earth. Like, you, we both rule. And, like, you see, like, uh, everyone, like, scrambling to get out of the lower decks of the Yamato, and a lot of them don't make it. No, You're like, fuck. It's, they, it's, it's clearly, it's framed so clearly to be, like, they did not get out in time. And there's just, there's literally a hole. It's a gaping wound in the bottom of the Yamato. You can see inside. And then, then it's, and, it's... and then, and then this is where I start to like, this is where it starts to dip for me, because the next episode they're fucking fine. I think that's also just because of like having to reuse animation cells of the Yamato. Yeah, I I was expecting, I definitely was expecting them to oh. rebuild it quickly, but I was expecting the next episode to be like, I don't know, like we need to. According to the notes, do repairs and shit. I took. There's about fifty days between episode twenty two and twenty three. Okay. Okay, yes. I guess I guess what I wanted was I don't even think there was like a throwaway line of like we're finally done repairs. I don't know, something. Like throw me a bone. Um I assumed it was something of that nature, for sure. Just cuz that's that's every episode. Every episode of the show usually takes place like months apart. And they tell you how many days it's been how many days, you know. Yeah, I appreciate they have I, I, at the end of every episode. I really do appreciate that. Like it's really cool cuz like again, like a, a lesser a lesser show would just be like whatever this is like a fun episodic space show who fucking cares if that doesn't make sense like e- even cuz it, it even star trek unlike, like, as i said un- even star trek the original star trek the star date was just like the whole year in numbers and they would just say it it, it like with, uh, like with star trek the order that you watch the show is arbitrary yeah. like it there, there is no real stakes in star trek um, besides the stakes of the episode itself but I, I appreciate how often like it it just it adds that little touch of realism that gives it way more stakes because then that's that's 
why it has a fandom because that little bit of like making it tangible with solid dates and a timeline and a plan like a clear-cut plan we want to be here in this many months we want to be here this many months because then not only is the crew in story worried about how long it's taking but people watching at home can be like oh shit like they've been stuck in this storm cloud for like how almost a month like that's really bad they're not gonna be able to make it in time holy shit without the show having to even say that yeah like, imagine watching this week to week. Like, I know you said it, it It didn't have a great, like, it didn't have a big following, but it clearly had a diehard fan base. Um, it did. And people it were really, probably I mean, on it's, that it's fucking... It's a cultural phenomenon. It's about, as import, it's about as important to Japanese pop culture as Star Trek is to American pop culture. Yeah, and so you definitely had people, like, from week to week being like, fuck, like, I don't know, I don't know how... They're, people probably coming up with fan theories about, like, how they were going to make it. Like, okay, well, they'll, they'll make up, they'll probably make up time by, like, warping, like, longer. They'll go to some other planet, they'll find something. And it's like, that's how you make, that's how you make a fan base. That's how you get people invested. Like, you give, you give them something to talk about. The episode ends in a really, like, poetic way, which is, this is kind of the last act that, like, Okita really has as captain, because he's too ill in the last, and his, like, in between episodes 22 and 23, his, like, condition worsens a lot. Yeah. Where he's pretty much bedridden for the rest of the show, but uh, he's sitting there on the on on like the top of the hull, and with like Yuki and pretty much all the main cast, like all the named cast, as they just are sending out coffin after coffin after coffin into space. Yeah, fucked up that they fucked up that they uh, probably had just enough coffin. They had probably had one coffin for each person on the ship, huh? Probably. And they have like they do like a twenty one laser gun salute. Yeah. But it, it made me think of like that the one good scene in Metal Gear Solid Five. Like it, it made me think of like a, it was that was good that was effective it was like you really feel the weight of you know, not only just you know the gamma-less lives that are lost but really like all the lives of Lord the Amato. Fucking yeah no absolutely because this is the first this is the first like big major loss for them. In terms of like their like they won the battle, but like at a huge at the biggest biggest cost by a long shot. Like I think they lost like a fifth of their crew in that battle. Yeah. And so the the next episode is a bit shorter. Uh, I think the next episode is a bit uh, uh, like a little more low key. Mm-hmm. At least it starts that way. I think it starts with uh, with Kodai and like trying to take a picture with Yuki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's cute. He tries to put his arm around her, but she, like, smacks it off. <laughs> but she's just like, oh, this will be a cute picture when we tell the kids about it, and he doesn't, like, quite pick up on that initially. Wow. Dummy. And he's like, wait, Yuki, what did you mean? And it's because it's like, they had a cute moment a couple episodes ago where she was, like, wishing, and he was like, what are you wishing for? And he's like, for the Yamato to succeed, for all these things? And she's just like, no, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> and he's like, Yuki, what was it? It's like, Kodai's cute. Yeah. He's cuter than Cosmo. <laughs> for all for, oh for sure. <laughs> I'm just imagining Cosmo on the <laughs> Cosmo as if Kodai never had his arc at all. Yeah, I mean Cosmo had his own arc. Uh, it just was it just was uh not as uh successful. He also d- the situ- I would say the solo ship is in an even worse situation than the than the Yamato. Oh yeah, for sure. 
The solo ship is fucked. Like, from day one, the, the crew of the solo ship are just fucked. Yeah, yikes. Uh, watch Space Runaway Edeon. Please watch Space Runaway Edeon. It's, it's like the anti-Yamato, actually. Kind of, yeah. Um, so, uh... They get close... So this is when they're kind of like, wait... They they get a they get a transmission from uh from Starsha. Yeah 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 yeah. Like Starsha start like they're getting close enough to where like Starsha is now like directly talking to them. But they also realize they're like a ton of missiles are coming from uh, Iskandar. Oh yeah. And they're like and they're like the fuck what is this? Did we get set up? Was this all like a ploy? Like what? Did we get played? And it turns out where we then cut to Dessler in a fucking like tub. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he has a like almost like with like his so phone. like uh I think we've seen him before with like sexy ladies. Now he's being like bathed by sexy men. <laughs> Dessler's by and he's living for it. Oh yes, absolutely. Today's a boy day. <laughs> is what he says when he wakes God. up. God, mood though. <laughs> Just like today's a lady mm-hmm. day. He wakes up. Today's a boy day. Right. He ab- cancel all my appointments. Today's a boy day. <laughs> I changed my mind. Send cancel the women. <laughs> Today's a boy day. It's oh, really funny. Fuck. But he has like this like he has like a servant boy bring up like um with a fucking like on like a silver platter like a golden rotary telephone. <laughs> <laughs> and on the other end it's Star- it's Starsha from Iskandar. And she's like and she's like, she's like you up. You up? Yeah. Stop bullying the Earth. God. And he's like, no. And he reveals that both of their planets are dying. And he's like, I'm only doing this so that we can colonize Earth, because we can live in horrible radiation. And we can't live on a normal planet, so unlike Earth, on an Earth-like planet. So we're bombing it so that we can make it habitable for us, because apparently the core of our planet is eating away at the crust. Yeah. And Starsha's like, there should there should be a better way to do this. And he's like, mm, nah. <laughs> and hangs up on her. And it's revealed that Iskander and, G- and Gamalus are like right next to each other. <laughs> they like orbit each other. Yeah, I it's think. like a dual orbit type situation because it's like they they get to the they they get to the eighth planet in the solar system and they're like, fuck, there's two planets. Which one do we go? Which one's Iskandar? <laughs> to which they um. Uh, to which then they end up going to Gamalus. <laughs> Where they, they use like a, I think they use like a tractor beam of some kind to drag the Yamato to them. Yeah. It's like a magnet or like a tractor beam of some kind. Because, uh, to drag them down, uh, to like, I think drag them like underground in the Yamato, uh, the Yamato underground on the planet. Which leads us into the, uh, the, the third, the last three episodes, the, the finale where, uh, you have the final battle of Gamalus, where they, um, like, they're, they're, like, the, there's, like, an ocean of acid that's, like, eating up the planet and dissolving the Yamato. Yeah, it's, it's, shit just gets so buckwild these last couple episodes, it all really blurs together, but I, I, I do remember the fucking acid ocean. And, uh, what, like, pretty much, like, all, like, the last city of the Gamalusians get, dis- gets, like, destroyed. 
mostly because of like Dessler like just throwing everything at them. Yeah, so like cuz um <clears throat> well it also doesn't help that like so Dessler's like, "Ha, we need to lure them into the acid ocean." And then Okita's like Oh, like, uh, Kodai's like, I don't know what to do, and Okita's like, okay, trust me on this one. Just dive straight into the fucking acid ocean. Uh, and Kodai's like, fucking shocked Pikachu face. Uh, and then so they do it, and Dessler's like, aha, wow, they, they must be, they, they must be giving up and fucking just, like, throwing themselves into the ocean to die. I want to watch this. And he's just, like, fucking... I like that when, like, in the middle of the battle, like, his little lackey, his lackey offers him a drink. He's like, mm, the battle's going well. Let's celebrate. And he just, like, fucking knocks it out of his hands. Like, don't fucking offer me your shitty drinks in the middle of this important battle, you idiot. Um, and then the Yamato proceeds to go into the acid ocean. And instead of dying, uh, shoots the wave motion cannon at, uh, one of their many, many active volcanoes that causes a chain reaction to the whole planet. <laughs> That pretty much destroys the planet. Yeah. <laughs> to which, I think Hisu at one point is just like, we gotta stop fighting, and Dessler just shoots him. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, everything's falling apart, and, and he's just like, he's just like, look, like, Dessler, like, this is, like, I, I know you want to win, but, like, this is the end. Like, Yamato's gonna kill us. Like, let's try to make peace with the Earthlings instead. Maybe they'll listen. Maybe, maybe they'll forgive us. And he's just like, fuck. They probably will. Yeah, and he's just like, fuck you, and just shoots him. Before getting, like, killed in the lamest way possible literally like, well stuff hmm. dropped on him killed yeah he's, he's dead he's gone yep that's, that's it Dessler's dead forever he's, he's don't gone. worry about never it. see him again don't worry about it but that's when we have probably my other favorite moment in this entire show is is like Yuki just starts weeping because she's like just sees the corpses of all the Gamma Illusions and other like members of the Yamato crew members who also died in the battle. Kodai comes out to try to comfort her and he just feels the same way. He's just like this was all pointless. Like they we both were suffering and we could have we should have been helping each other instead of fucking killing each other. This is pointless. Like none of this had any goddamn meaning. Yeah. All of this led to just death and sadness. This is all pointless. And he, like, takes his rifle and clutches it and just slams it against the hull and, it's, like, his rifle breaks. And he's just like, why did this have to be this way? And it's just, that was, mwah, that was just, that's that was the exact moment I decided I loved Yamato. Yeah, no, and that's, that was another real, that was another real fucking good one. <sighs> so they, uh, they, they hit, they get to Iskandar. <laughs> And they're greeted by Starsha, who reveals she's the only remaining mem like person from Iskandar left alive. And she momentarily mistakes Yuki for her sister, but they're like, nah, she, she, she Gamma Illusions killed her, and she got shot down over Mars. Whoops. So they make, like, a new grave for her, and she gives them the Cosmo Cleaner D, and she kind of, like, says, like, she's lamenting the death of her people. Uh, when suddenly she says, oh yeah, I have a surprise for you. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And reveals that Mamoru Kodai is in fact alive. Now, I... He was critical... I was so flabbergasted by this that I missed, um, how? Well, apparently he survived the battle but was captured by, um, the Gamma Illusions. Mm. And, but, uh, somehow she managed to, like, save him. Okay from their prison camp and he was like on the brink of death and she like nursed him back to health and he was pretty much unconscious or in a coma for most of the year 
sick. So Kodai is all like, holy shit, you're all... Like, he reunites with his brother. And you're kind of just like, oh, all right. This sort of like, and you know, about- you coping with his death was a, like a big a big point of your arc. Uh, but like, sure, let's do this. That Here's the thing. In the original premise, Mamoru was also supposed to survive, but he was going to be going under the alias of Captain Harlock. Uh, I'm sorry, you, you cut out a little bit. What with Harlock? Apparently, the twist that's in the manga and in the original draft is that Mamoru is actually Harlock. Oh. Wait, so, like, Harlock... Harlock is pretending to be his dead brother, or Harlock was his brother no, he... all along? Harlock was his brother all That's along. That's buck-fucking-wild. That would be the craziest shit. That would be so stupid. Holy fuck. <laughs> Right? So they're about to leave uh, with the Cosmo Cleaner D. And uh, then a couple of the... Yeah, that's, this is when the uh, the other... This is when they have the small mutiny. Yeah, because... Um, what is his name? Yugo? Yugo? Yuga? I, I forgot his name. He's like a little... He's like a chubby emo boy. Yeah, he's he's like a minor character. Um, yeah, and honestly, like I, th- this episode reminded me that like a, a handful of episodes earlier, he, they sort of they did foreshadow him because uh, there was an episode where he was like, "Hey, man," um, he was because he was talking to the the old engineer guy, Tokugawa. Tokugawa. He's talking to Tokugawa, and he was like, "Hey, Tokugawa, so like, um, if if, if we do get stuck here for too long or whatever, I forget when it was. It might have been during the. I think it might have been during the." storm episode just because everybody was yeah i think that was the one he was like if we get stuck for too long and we literally just can't do the mission anymore fucking we should start thinking about looking for a plant to settle down on because we can't like just do this forever if earth's just gonna maybe it was oda what maybe it was like ota i think it started with a y i think i remember that much because i remember picking up on him early and uh, and like before i knew he was gonna mutiny because i was like oh look at this chubby fucking emo boy and then and then i was like oh no <laughs> but yeah he takes yuki hostage yeah because they he because at first he like at first i didn't know anything was up at first it was just like oh yeah me me and a bunch of the guys don't want to come back so we're staying here on iskandar and we're just gonna make a new earth here it'll be great because now like look we're we're humans we're going for all we know everyone on earth could already be dead um yeah and for all you know earth could already be dead so it's like this is your best this look we're hinging our bets here we're hedging our bets here um and uh kodai's just like you don't have any women though and he's like uh that's where you're wrong friend uh and then fucking they kidnapped yuki and the the implication bad implications implications are the implications of that single moment is like the worst part of the show for me (laughs) (laughs) um and then they go rescue her and then it's actually not that big of a deal because there's just a bunch of dumpy guys and Kodai just beats the shit out of him. Yeah, them. right? Like, fucking, I don't know what you thought. I don't know how you thought this was going to go. So, um, as the Yamato's about to leave Iskandar with the Cosmo Cleaner D, Starsha, uh, kind of sadly wishes them to leave, and then she tells Mamoru that she loves him, and at the last minute, he's just like, I'm, I'm going to stay here. Yeah, he's about, he's like waving goodbye, and he's like, ah, mm, fuck, it's too good. <laughs> like... <laughs> I get I can have a hot alien girlfriend, dude. And 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 then like and then he literally like jumps into her car. He gets out of her dreams and into her car. 
and they just drive and off. Like, and Kodai's just like, I can't even hate. He's so they're gonna be like he's like he even says like they're gonna be the new Adam and Eve of this planet. <laughs> Kodai's just like, oh, my brother's gonna fuck. <laughs> I don't want to see that. Ah. <laughs> so uh, the last episode fucking rules. Oh yeah, it um it certainly goes places. So everyone's kind of just like heading back. It it seems like they had a pretty easy way back. Like I mean, Gamblusions are pretty much gone, so no one's fucking with them on their way back. Yeah. So I guess this is pretty man, man, uh, you know easy. And, yeah, they they've but... they've, they've almost fin- they've finished building the the, the machine because they gave them a bunch of parts and the schematics to build it. Um, yeah, so I think, I think Yuki and Tokugawa are in like, or Sanada's building it. I yeah, think. so they they finish building it and they you know they're they're trying to figure out like how to like test if it even fucking works. And then suddenly, like orbiting around the Yamato is the fucking Ilion gun. <laughs> oh god! And it's being it's a ship being piloted by fucking Dessler, and like the last of his species. Jesus. They like, they they like board the Yamato, and it turns into like some pretty intense ship to ship combat. Well, like you know, hall to hall combat. I just think I think they okay. Here's the thing. I think what happened was like, don't they don't they careen into them accidentally? Do they? I think I. <clears throat> I, I someone does at some point because I just remember them like. I just remember them being like, oh fuck! Like we must have had we must have crossed paths while warping. And then Dessler is just like, no, this is fine. Just let's just board their ship now. Let's just fucking do it. Ship, ship, get on, get up there. We'll fucking make it look that, like that, it's on purpose. That sounds like Dessler, honestly. Yeah, and honestly, Dessler is. This is this is punished Dessler. This is unhinged Dessler. He's not playing around any fucking more. So if they start flooding the Yamato with like radioactive gas, it's it's very uh, it's very Lord Vader showing up on the rebel ship. It is. He even has, like, a cool mask. Yeah. Even though this predates Star Wars by three years. Ooh. Oh, you think George Lucas watched Star Blazers? Or... Well, Star Blazers didn't come out till 79. Oh, fuck. Shit. Yamato was 74. Star Blazers was 79. I think Star Blazers is in the same conversation as, like, old-timey, like, Flash Gordon shit. Probably. Um, definitely fashion-wise. <laughs> so... Uh, Yuki is like, okay, I'm, uh, since, you know, it's getting some intense, you know, boarding action. Yuki, uh, is like, I'm gonna activate the Cosmo Cleaner. But she, like, dies. Yeah, cause, like, um, there was a single, there was a single flaw, uh, very Shizuma Drive-esque. Um, that's the, is that the name of the, the- thing from Giant Robo? Yeah, okay. it was a cheese of a drive. Yeah, uh, I, I forgot it earlier, and then suddenly I galaxy brained and I remembered it just now in this moment when I needed it. Um, so fuck me for doubting you myself. Another tragedy of Bashtarl. Yeah, right. She had her own little mini Bashtarl because fucking <laughs> like her her death let them find the flaw in the machine that they were building, and they were like, "Fuck!" Like now, well now we can fix it, but she's the only reason we even know that. So, and then it's but she's succumbs to the to the gas to the poo gas and uh even though they managed to like defeat the the gamma illusions for the final time god that's that's how they that's how they rewrite it in star blazers like oh no she she's got poo brain (laughs) 
Well, it, apparently it, it was sleep gas in Star Blazers. I mean, I, well, well uh, this is getting ahead of ourselves, but it, so it, so was it in Yamato. <laughs> well, so I actually kind of like the way they do it, cause at least the, what it implies. I mean, I I don't it, know what it what do you think it implies? Well, well, I'm about to yeah, get to yeah, it, so yeah, I'll we're explain getting there, when we're I go. So, uh, everyone's celebrating their victory because they see the Earth. Yeah. They finally arrive at the Earth. And everyone's just like, like, I, everyone just stops what they're doing and they're like, oh my god, it's the Earth, we're back. Holy shit, we're back. Which is, it was, but Kodai is just like, completely dejected and just talking to <laughs> Yuki's corpse, which he starts carrying around. Oh yeah, that was the worst. And like, and, and you know what, like, just the way that like, no one fucking really... No one stops him to go, hey, could you put down the dead body of our fucking friend? It makes me just think, like, this is just all Kodai's been doing the whole fucking time. It's just, like, yeah. talking to Yuki. Because, like, how... Because he, like, inf- how, what, how, what, how long, how long were those episodes? What, do you know the amount of time between those two episodes? Well, no, because she, this is all one episode. Okay, I, I guess I mean, like, the how significant of a time skip. Because I think they say how far off from Earth they are when she initially dies. Well, she initially dies in the final episode, so it's like... I, I don't I don't know if they have any information on that. Right. Because I, I, I thought I thought that maybe they're... It, it did feel like I, some amount of time had passed. It did, so I, mean, I, I don't think they specify how much, though. Right. So he, he's like carrying around her corpse, which is sad. He says like, I'm sorry I didn't could properly confess my love to you and the way I feel about you because I had all my duties on the Yamato. I was busy. A good thing they didn't launch her into space, I guess. I guess maybe they wanted to bury her on Earth. That's true. That's true. That makes sense. I like that. Because they're already so close. Yeah, right? So like, And so um, at this exact moment, Okita is holding the photograph of his like wife and son yeah I'm, I'm assuming and and he starts just crying and just saying like everything about the earth is precious and beautiful and we need to protect and i'm glad we did yeah this. okay but but like honestly like that my favorite fo- like honestly like one of my favorite scenes like one of my favorite little scenes before that is like he because like you know he dr sato's with him and sada or whatever and he's just like hey man can you just like can you leave for a second yeah, he yeah, just he like, t- tells him, like, can you give me a moment alone? And you can tell he knows. He just knows. He knows, like, yeah. when I walk out of this room, this man is going to die. When I come back in here, he's going to be dead. But he does it. He just like, you know what? I'm going to, yes, that's your that's your wish? That's, fuck yeah. Like, from man to man. Like, because, like, he, cause, like Sato. he even stops. Like, he stops, like, just before the door closes to, like, get a final look. Like, he knows! And, like, oh, my God, Devin, it was so good. It is so good. And Okita just looks at the photo and just says the Earth is beautiful and precious. <sighs> and what I take it as is that he died right there. Yeah. And in the afterlife, whatever afterlife exists, they don't show this. This is just me speculating or what I got out of mm-hmm. this. He sees Yuki's spirit. He's like... No, you can't die here. I'm I'm dying, not you. Yeet. Just throws her back to the mortal plane, and she like comes back to life, sort of miraculously out of nowhere. To which Kodai like embraces her and like spins her around. As we zoom out, and the Yamato is descending on like the ruined Earth that slowly starts turning blue. Yep. As the credits play. 
And it occurred to me right then how much the ending of Gunbuster took from that. Ah, you're right. Oh my god. I, I almost expected like Okairina side to show up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and honestly, like you know, it it does look. I could tell. Like I was waiting for you to tell me something about how like the the their planned ending got fucked up because this the ending it it's over. Like this show is just like okay, bye. It's. I feel like they that that's how they wanted to end it was like cause they made I, it work for sure. Because I feel like they they wanted to. Um, I feel like they wanted to try to keep it ambiguous as to like did they make it in time or not, but they did make it back. Very much. Um, the Final Fantasy VII five hundred years later. Like the yeah. er, the Earth is fine because the Earth is always going to be fine. Uh, it doesn't matter if the people made it. A lot of people hate the ending of Final Fantasy VII. That game's perfect except for the shitty ending. I'm like, that ending is that great. That ending's g- great, and I'm... It, the remake is extremely interested in that ending, is all I'll say. I... I don't know how. Um, we'll know in, like, ten fucking years. <laughs> when we get... We'll know 500 it. years later. years from now. <laughs> Laura Palmer walks in and says, I'll see you again in 25 years. <laughs> Eris from Final Fantasy VII says, I'll see you in 25 years. Christ. So yeah, this was... Somebody has to redraw that. Oh, fucking, it'll... If it's not me, it's not anybody, unfortunately. So, that was was, was Space Battleship Yamato, and my god, this was a joy. It was really fucking fun. It was a romp. I I had I had so much fun watching this, even if it took me a while to watch it. It was this was something fun to lean on during quarantine. Absolutely. Um, I oh my god that I just the, the that final the the last like three episodes really really oh my god the show is good. Uh, I and I know we probably oversold it and we're gonna undersell it because there's so many moments in this show that are so revolutionary and so perfect. That, like, if you take into the context of just how early in the lifespan of anime this was, like, without this, we don't have Gundam. Without this, we don't have anything we've covered on this show. Yeah, pretty much. Like, it... Like, with the exception of, like, Mazinger and Getter. Right. We, we don't have... We don't have real robot. Yeah. We don't have any of the DNA that brings... Any of the Cosmo DNA that brings... <laughs> that brings out, uh real robot we don't have any of that this is this this is the we don't have evangelion we don't i don't even know if we have like galactic we don't have we don't have hideaki ano we don't have hideaki this is the this is the show that made ano want to make anime in noriko's bedroom in yamato in a gunbuster she has a poster of the the, for the yamato movie right next to uh, a nausicaa poster that's adorable because ano animated the god warrior at the end yeah. of, of uh, he did that when he was like twenty, Fuck. Uh, like by himself. <laughs> that whole sequence—it's crazy. God, Yamato, Ano is an anime new type. He really is. That's the entire. That's half the plot of of Blue Blazes. Is the main character hating Ano because Ano is so fucking talented. If he ever heard, if he ever heard you say that about him, he would probably like legitimately blush. 
Anno is a new type. He, I, I feel like one of two confirmed new types are like Anno and David Bowie. Because like Anno's, Anno's the type of person who would carry that with the reverence that it implies. Any, anybody else, like, <laughs> Tomino himself would be like, you're a fucking loser for saying that. You nerd. And <laughs> Tomino would shove you in a locker for saying that. Anno would be like... Tomino would just slap me in the <laughs> face. <laughs> but Anno is like, you think, like, I'm, I'm the new type of anime? Oh my god, that's such a good compliment. I can't handle that. I need to go tell my wife. I need to go tell. I gotta go tell my wife. <laughs> I love Otto. What? 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 Did, what were your? What did you take away from the show? Like for your like uh, this overall? Because the... I, I we didn't we didn't talk much about this show while we were watching because I wanted to save so much for this episode. We went for like nearly four. We went for four. A while. Well, this is. I think this is a two parter. I'm. I'm gonna find a way to try to cut this into two. Um, we could probably we we, we could probably honestly cut like almost an hour of bullshit from this one, but I'd say about forty minutes. Yeah. Um. I, this was the first, I, I've always been interested in Leiji Matsumoto, and this is the first full series of his I've watched, I'm pretty sure. Um, I, I saw, I, again, I only watched the first couple episodes of Galaxy Express, but, like, that, that made me want to dig in more, um, and this pretty much solidified that, like, yeah, I, I smell what Leiji Matsumoto is stepping in. I think this... And because this isn't even pure Matsumoto, because he, this is, like, this is more like 60% Matsumoto and 40% Nishizaki. Yeah, this is... <laughs> This is the Twin Peaks of Matsumoto. Where Matsumoto was the was the I think Matsumoto would be like the Mark Frost then in this. Hmm. Like so. Okay. So like this is someone else's baby that Matsumoto was like. Well, because it was Nishizaki really wanted to make this show, but Matsumoto is the one who really gave the show its its like purpose, its aesthetic, its look, and its idea. Like he conceived the characters, he just didn't conceive the premise. He's the one who like. And Nishizaki was there, like, Nishizaki was part of every creative decision. Right. It was just that, like, Matsumoto's the one who, like, penned everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it, Would you like to say it's, like, 60% him? Sure. But, but even, like, but, but when, and, but when his, I, you know, I, I know about, I know enough about him, like, aesthetically and vaguely thematically, like, whenever, you know, like, fucking... Okita dying the moment Yuki miraculously comes back to life. Like that's extremely Matsumoto. Uh, I just I can just tell. Um, Kodai's entire arc. Yeah, Kodai's entire arc. Just like I don't know. Like I, th this has made me interested in what more pure Matsumoto is, uh, and I'm 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 even more invested in that than I already was. Um, I'm a, I'm, so I'm a what sucker. would you want to do next, theoretically, if we were to go deeper into the Matsumotoverse? Would you want to finish Yamato, like, as a franchise before we did that? Or would you want to go on to, like, Harlock next? I think... I think... I, I think Harlock... I, I think I don't want to... I don't want to set a precedent of being tied down to Yamato. Like... Because we can always go back to Yamato. Cause, yeah, because, like, you know, because, cause, you know, this, these are Gaiden, so it's always going to be stuff we go back to occasionally anyway. Um, I definitely want to go, like, whenever whenever we do Yamato next, like, I definitely want to go in chronological order, um, or the very, or production order, whichever one you, I, I usually, I mean, they're, they're the, I let the you figure out the timeline. chronological order are the same for Yamato. Yeah. Um, they're the same for Yamato. Everything just took place, like, after the previous installment. Yeah, yeah, Um, but so... Um, but in terms of, but in terms of, do I want to only do Yamato until it's done in terms of Matsumoto? Uh, I, no, probably not. Okay. Uh, I'm cool either way. I just want to know what you wanted to do. Uh, yeah. Honestly, what I want to fucking do is like, I, I kind of want to, I'm kind of thirsty for Gundam. Cause like my, one of my friends is getting into double Zeta. 
<laughs> well, we can get what we can do uh-huh. is because uh, they we can change our plans a little uh-huh. bit, and we can start Zeta because uh, because we could probably start Zeta in about three weeks if you want and if you want to do that because the next two episodes we had planned were the Ghost in the Shell manga and then the movie. Um, I still want to do you know since since it's a manga and a movie, I still want to do that. But after that, I want to do Zeta. Yeah, because I was thinking then we could do standalone complex in between Zeta. Yes, that works. So we have Ghost in the Shell and Gundam coming soon. Yes. I ha- I bought the uh, the, the slipcase trilogy collection of the uh, three Ghost in the Shell mangas. Nice. So I will start that soon. Uh, do you have a copy? Um, I have them digitally. Awesome. So we could probably get those out. So yeah, hopefully the wait won't be too long for those, for those waiting at yeah. home. Yamato is revolutionary. I I didn't I expected to be like read I expected to to like this the same way I'd like something in high school where I was like oh I understand the importance of this. Mm-hmm. But it's also fun. No, I understand the importance of this, and it's really really good. I I don't know. It, there was something there's something kind of beautiful about it. In, in a way that's hard to like explain without sounding incredibly corny. It was just I think that you know, be, like beautiful, beautiful in an almost corny way. I think that's for me again, like only dipping my toe, only dipping my toe into Leiji Matsumoto. That is what has appealed to me the most. It all it all comes off extremely sincere, like very flowery and very sincere. And I like that. We don't have a we don't have a lot of that. A lot of people are scared to be that fucking corny. Yeah, it was refreshing. It was because it, it's I'm I'm a big Tomino guy. Right. You, you listen to this podcast for ten minutes and you know how much I love Tomino. Like I am I am Tomino pilled. <laughs> God. But like Matsumoto and Tomino are like on absolute opposite sides of like a philosophical spectrum. I think. Uh, and yet, honestly, but but honestly, like I I think it's I think it's one of those things where it's like, um. You know, p- people of different like listen like at the end like at the end of the day for 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 me as like a left as like a leftist you like you can have two wildly different ideologies and still come out like hey war and fascism fucking suck and we shouldn't do them. Yeah, honestly, it's not two different philosophies; it's two different methods. Yeah, to the exactly. Same and I think like they they can work in like they can like they can work in tandem. They can be compatible. Like no one's telling anybody. Do you think Votoms is the bridge between them? I think I don't know. I don't even know if they necessarily need a bridge. I think Votoms. I think Votoms has has its own perspective. I think Votoms is, you know, v- Kiriko has more in common with that random POW they captured and let go than they do than he does with any member of the Yamato. Yeah, um, but it's the same. It's it's it's. You know, this everything is the same from a di- but from a different perspective. <laughs> <laughs> I love the show. I do you recommend this. Oh, fucking for sure! Like if you know the anime, like even like even for its era, the animation can be clunkier on the clunkier side. Um, but like like I said, the, the, it's it's very popcorn, especially if you're the kind of person who skips. Uh, intros and outros, like you know, watch them from time to time. Of course, they're good, uh, but you can absolutely you you can absolutely just watch this at your own pace, and it's not really gonna feel like a slog once you get into it. Again, like the first three episodes, you can you can 
you, you can just have them on in the background, even if they're not dubbed. <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of what ended up happening because like it was, it, I was just in a, I was just in a weird place. It was hard for me to keep focus in the beginning because I didn't really understand what the show was doing yet. So like, the, with the weird, I don't think they understood what they were quite doing yet. Yeah, probably not. Um, but it showed, and so I like that. That's why everything before episode ten kind of just I just didn't retain a lot of it, honestly. Um, but it was fun. It's such a fun it's show. Fun and it gets if, better. If you're even if it does, like even if you're not quite digging older anime, I still think this is very. This is an important show for context. Mm-hmm. The, this anime, this show contextualizes a lot of anime that we take for granted for sure and it, it's uh like once again as i said up front we undersold and oversold this <laughs> for sure um but it's 100 percent worth your time you said it was on youtube all of it and star blazers is on youtube so if you want to watch a slightly more pg version of this with a slightly more g-rated version in english there's star blazers it's it's pretty much the same plot just a little bit of the nuance is gone yeah um that's yeah i recommend that honestly because some folks just can't fight like i honestly like i wish if if the dub was like if there was a legit dub of this even if it was like a bad like clunkier like mid-2000s dub where like everybody's just kind of phoning it in but it's decent uh i would have probably watched that just because like dog it's so fucking hard to find to make the time to sit down and just watch something these days it's that's that's why I'm learning Japanese. <laughs> oh my gosh! Auto teach will then find the time to learn all of Japanese and learn it's a very complex language. Yeah, idiot! The, the fucking the answers right there in your stupid face. Uh, just learn a whole other language that isn't similar to yours at all. I I do actually want to learn Japanese. Um, I might also try to get back in the game. Um, but yeah I, I suggest getting the uh, the RTK book my friends have uh, highly recommended RTK I'll, I'll look into it um, remembering the kanji we didn't get any we didn't get any fan mail or nothing because we haven't released an episode I, in a month and everybody I guess everybody probably thinks we died uh, we, we do this is our spirits we already died of COVID-19 uh, yeah this is the um, this, this is this is the bad timeline and this is unfortunately what started the moon wars um <laughs> Maybe we'll be reincarnated into another timeline where we have a planet with more than one moon. Fuck. That's, oh, the moon wars. The moons are at war with each other and Earth is caught in the middle. I thought that was, well, yeah. <laughs> I, I I thought what the moon wars was was when, like, all the other moons in the solar system came to attack Earth. Oh, shit. But, like, actually, like, they, they actually came. They are ships, the moons themselves. Well, I was thinking they had like mechs and shit, like pushing them. Oh god, they're all like, and then they're no, and then and then like they're all secretly unicrons. Every every moon in our so, and then we pilot, <laughs> we pilot the Earth's moon, and it's a mech. It's a big unicron mech. Awesome. Fucking slaps. I just thought we had an army of like different parallel versions of us. That too. But like two of us, two of us are piloting the moon. It's like the Getter Emperor. <laughs> but it's like it, it it's like it, it's like some fucking Dave Homestuck shit where it's like there's an army of us who are waiting to be the one that succeeds. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so bad. Ah, oh, so 
so yeah, but if you wanted to hit us up about anything, uh, especially if it's a correction of any nature, just the subject line, email us at the subject line, heydouchebag at uh, mechtrospective at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at mechtrospective. Um, and, and then uh, you, you are on Twitter at robohemian, and I'm on Twitter at yep. it's t- uh, at out of touch. And that's where I find uh, us. I'm on. I am also please on. Please rate us five. I'm on Mastodon. Uh, if that's a social media thing you like, uh, at at tooch at yif dot life. <laughs> it's a joke. Um, although that does happen sometimes, but that's just you know furry shit. Uh, also rate us five on iTunes. Yeah, do that. Uh, even if if you use iTunes, please do. It means a lot. Subscribe to us on SoundCloud or your podcatcher of choice. <laughs> Uh, the iTunes metrics do matter. It gets people to listen to our show, aside from the five people who do. Unfortunately, Apple matters. Uh, we don't like it, uh, so but it's, it is what it even is. Even if you have like an account that you don't use, just if you could log in and just give us a five review, even just say something like, damn you, Buff Clan, or... <laughs> or please watch Armor be, Trooper Votoms. Please watch Armor Trooper Votoms, or just that'd be cool. Uh, tell us what sexual fantasies you've had about Commander Dommel. Yes. Uh, tell us how you want to wedge your dick between his fucking chin, ah! his fucking butt chin. I didn't know where you were going with it, and you picked the worst <laughs> one. Ah. Oh fuck! My cat unplugged my headphones. <laughs> I didn't hear your reaction to that. Uh, that's fine. It's uh, it's fine. Everything's fine. Anyway, uh, we. Co- I'm Devin. I'm Tooch. And that was Space Battleship Yamato. This was Mechtrospective Gaiden. Uh, next week, Ghost in the Shell. We cry at Earth. We cry at Earth. Fuck the moon. Fuck the moon. Oh, no, he did.